Anna Johnson, who speaks for Labour on Home Affairs, says there needs to be consensus on what to do. The state's first primary objective is to keep us all safe and we need to make sure that there are the powers there for the intelligence and security services to do that. We know the internet moves very quickly and terrorists and people who want to do us harm find all sorts of new and imaginative ways of getting information out there to their followers. So I think, you know, whoever's in, whoever's in government is going to have to look at this very carefully. But we need to do it in a measured way. Divers searching for wreckage from the AirAsia plane that crashed a fortnight ago have found a flight data recorder. The plane crashed into the sea shortly after takeoff from Indonesia. Karishma Faswani is monitoring developments from Jakarta. We were told that Navy divers were able to get into the Java Sea this morning and recover this crucial flight data recorder. And now investigators will be spending time analysing this data to try and find out what could have caused the crash of the AirAsia plane more than two weeks ago. Bedfordshire's Police and Crime Commissioner says police community relations in Luton are good. His comments come after a protest in the town yesterday over two police officers being cleared of assaulting an autistic man. But Ollie Martins denies there's a major problem. We can't be complacent about the uh, state of police community relations in Luton when we've got challenging incidents like we've had. On the other hand, I think there are plenty of positive signs that, that actually relations between the police and and the communities that they serve are fairly resilient. In sport, it seems the MK Dons lone striker Benika Fobis played his last game for the club. The Arsenal youngster didn't play for the Dons in Saturday's draw with Crawley. It's being reported he'll join Championship side Wolves. The weather will be windy with light rain or drizzle. Dull and wet this afternoon. Top temperatures around 11 degrees Celsius, 52 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. 8.59, like a minute ago. Oh, man. Oh, man. I want to go home. I want to go to the toilet. I want to go to the toilet in my home. It's the only place I can these days. Now, on the show this morning, marriages, marches, and Matt Lockwood. He finally turned up this morning. 08459 Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Kelly, do you think you can get that sorted out for me during the, during the next half an hour or so? Absolutely. Excellent yeah. stuff. Thank you very much uh, indeed. Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Now, last year, the law regarding forced marriage changed. It became a criminal offence. Last year, it became a criminal offence for forced marriage. Imagine that. It was legal before that. Well, an investigation by this programme has found that there have been no prosecutions in that time, though in Bedfordshire over 30 forced marriage orders have been issued. Well, I've been speaking to a lady from Luton called Aklima Bibi, who escaped and divorced her husband and is rebuilding her life and helping others. She told me how she first found out that she was to be married. The arranged marriage was between uh, my parents and my uncle. I was to marry my first cousin, mm. so it was sort of discussed openly it's not something that was hidden. I suppose, you know, as a child, you listen and you kind of accept it. And did they bring you into the conversation or were you just kind of, you know, a nine-year-old wandering in and out and you'd overhear your parents and your uncle talking about you marrying your first cousin? Oh, no, they won't discuss it with me. But yes, like you said, I'm just sort of like, you know, wandering around the house or, and just sort of like listening to the conversation without having the slightest idea. But you listen and you know they're talking about you. you so what was, the, what was the plan? When you were nine, what was the, what was the plan that was, was sketched out? Sketched out was I was to marry my first cousin. He was regarded as a handsome bachelor. That was it. And how old was he when you were nine? 
He's about seven years or eight years older than me, so he must have been about, what, uh, 15, 15, 16 at the okay. time. And, and where were you living and where was he living? He was in Bangladesh. I was in England. Okay. Yes. And had you met him? I've met him, yes, because his, his grandparents, when we were in Bangladesh, I came to this country when I was eight years old, so mm. 1981. Um, before that, obviously, we visited grandparents and he was my cousin. We played, you know, with other cousins. So, yeah, I've known him. And what age were you due to marry him? I have no idea. I knew it was sort of, it was supposed to be around 16. This marriage took place. Yeah. When did this marriage take place and how did it happen? I was taken back home. I was to Bangladesh. Bangladesh. Yeah. I knew what yeah. I was going for. Even though I didn't want to go, I didn't want to be married. I want to long. Could you, not, got, could you not say, I'm not going, I'm not doing this? It would, no, you can't say that. Why not? I don't know. I suppose it's one of those things, you know, you're emotionally obliged. You can't say no. You get pressured from every side mm. of the... Because you're looking at my husband's side is my fam own family. His parents were living in my mother's house. You've got my parents. So how, how, what does a little girl do? Now, most people's marriages are joyous, wonderful, loving occasions. Yeah. I, I, I'm guessing yours wasn't like that. Enjoy the wedding. It must be very surreal. <laughs> no, enjoy the wedding. It was my death. It was my death. I was... I, I was literally sort of like... put under lock and key. I couldn't escape. No one was there to help me. No running water, no electricity. Um, I was just waiting for the day. Red sari put on by women. I was crying. I was screaming, frantic. Nothing worked. Um, and I was just grabbed by a relative and taken and thrown on a boat. Literally thrown on a boat. There was there were so many people. No one did anything. To no one did anything to stop that. <laughs> you can hear, uh, see more on Acclaimer's story on Inside Out in the East tonight at 7.30 on BBC One or online. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, sick notes uh, not in. Catherine is uh, off today. Uh, we'll find out why, um, uh, well, uh, when we get the results from the internal inquiry. Mm. Kelly Betts is Catherine. Good morning. Uh, Matt Lockwood is Kelly Betts. Good morning. OK, Matt. Something has... Uh, an issue has to be raised. Right. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My lateness? Correct. Yes. That's part of the issue. I was dreaming. Yeah, I was dreaming of a bunch of fives. You were very, very late. I was dreaming. I got here about ten to six, to be fair. No, mate, no. You walked in at, you walked in at five no, minutes to six. six. No, because I made a point of thinking, oh, Matt's really late and he's ignored our phone calls. I'm going to look at my watch. Can I listen to my messages now? Not, not while we've got the mic. Not while we've got the microphones open. Really? No. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they're, 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 they use indoor language. But the abusive. Yes. Yes. Very. What with you being late and all that. And here's the thing. Now, so you being late is one thing, and that's I mean that's out of order, and that's disgusting and despicable. And there are people who would kill for a job in radio, and would would make sure they were never late. Why were you late? Just just get the. Why were you late? I was dreaming. Okay. So you were asleep. Why didn't you wake up? 
Well, I did wake up because I realised the dream was about my nan, who's been dead 20 years, so I um, need to wake up. OK. Yeah. So you don't like dreaming about dead nans. That's fine. Not, yeah. not everybody does. No. Here's the thing, though, Matt. It's been a big weekend as well, you know. Party, party, party. Not that that's an excuse, but that's where I'm coming from. OK. I'm coming from there. Here's the... Good I, I, oh. Who's this? Who's this random voice? Who's that? Oh, it's weather. Oh. Uh, travel. Travel, hello. Travel. Hi. Oh, hello. 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 Hello, hello. Uh, hello. I'm surprised you can hear me. Yeah, we can hear you. Is that Sammy? What's going on here? Yeah. Sammy, what, what are you doing? We're, we're trying to... Speaker up. I was just saying hi to Kelly. Yeah. Hiya. We're, we're berating <laughs> Matt. Matt is enjoying this now because the, the focus... Get this. The focus has gone to somebody else. <laughs> Get this, Not Sammy. Me. Right. So Matt was late, okay? So Matt okay. was oh, late no. this morning. And the thing, the, the, here's the here's the thing. So not only was he late, get what if you turned up late for work, Sammy, by twenty five mm-hmm. minutes, mm-hmm. what would be the first? What would be the first thing that you would say? Sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm late. Yeah. 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 W- would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. What did he say? He's not said anything yet. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are some delays on the trains this morning. Southern services are suspended between Milton Keynes Central and Clapham Junction because of emergency engineering works. And Virgin and London Midlands services between Rugby and London Euston are 45 minutes late because of overhead line problems. On the roads, looking at the A1 Great North Road, there are major roadworks around the Black Cat roundabout. As they could cause some delays later on, but it's not looking too bad at the moment. And then only on Western Road, there's some roadworks going on there at uh, the junction for Western Road. So that could hold you up this morning. Having a look at the speed sensor, is looking quite quiet so far on the A1M southbound. Starting to get a little bit busier on the M1, though. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. 6.15. It's Monday the 12th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's emerged that no-one has been prosecuted over forced marriages, even though it's been made illegal. The Prime Minister is meeting with intelligence experts to discuss how to deal with potential terror suspects. And Bedfordshire's police commissioner says community relations are good, despite a protest march in Luton. BBC Three Counties Radio. Did you know you can get in touch with BBC Three Counties Radio wherever you are? Yes, I did know that. Uh, so, lockers. Yep. Why is there a time delay between my voice and his brain? <laughs> oh, dear. I-, I just want to say sorry is an overused word. Anybody can say sorry. It's apart from you, and it would seem. If you mean it, say it. So you don't mean it? I didn't think sorry was appropriate in this situation. You were late. What I said Kelly is, was panicking. What I said is, what I said is, let's make you a drink. That was my way of saying sorry. That well, was no, much more meaningful. No, do you than know me saying no, the word? No, so the, the the way that most people say sorry is by saying sorry. Kelly's pro- Kelly's producing. She's nervous. If anything goes wrong, if if uh, for example some inappropriate language were to get out on air, even if it had been me that had said it, she's the one that would get in trouble. If a member of the team is late, she's the one that will get in trouble. Kelly can handle herself. Do you not even... Well, I've... OK. So... So you're not even going to say sorry to Kelly? I shall say sorry to Kelly in my own way. What's that? 
by not saying sorry. Flipping it. Baby, you don't know what you're saying because you're a victim of Eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Now, more than 100 people have taken part in a protest march in Luton after two Beds police officers were cleared of assaulting an autistic man. PCs Christopher Pitts and Christopher Thomas were found not guilty of beating up 33-year-old Farouk Ali following a trial last month. Well, friends and supporters took part in the Luton for Justice march, demanding transparency in the case. Our reporter, Matt Lockwood, was... Uh, you were at the march, were you, Matt? I was, yes. What happened? Where exactly was it and what happened? Well, protesters met outside Nadim's Plaza in Berry Park and travelled along Dunstable Road before finally arriving outside the police station where they made emotive speeches calling for justice. They were hoping for a 1,000 people at one stage to attend, but this was still a sizeable number, just over a 100. The police station decided to close for the march, which frustrated some campaigners, but didn't stop them making their feelings very clear indeed. Uh, it was organised uh, uh, by the family of Farouk Ali, who we've spoken about on this programme before. We had um, uh, Dobby Farouk's brother in on Friday. Yes, we did. Last February, he was outside his home in Luton watching the bin collection when two officers thought he looked suspicious and pursued him. There was a physical altercation and Farouk Ali was left with bruises. 
His family says he was assaulted and racially abused, but the two officers involved were cleared. That's PC Christopher Pitts and Christopher Thomas. They were cleared of any wrongdoing at Ellsbury Crown Court last month. Both remain suspended pending the outcome of a misconduct investigation. Farouk Ali's family are considering civil proceedings and during the march call for the two officers to be sacked. Now, they also want what they mentioned on your show on Friday, that video to be released, which uh, they believe shows the officers being used in racist language. Uh, here's Farouk's brother, Dobia. Well, there's two uh, purposes for this march. Uh, first of all, we want to release all the uh, footage that was played in the court on the trial. And uh, second point is that we want to make sure that these officers that are suspended should be dismissed with immediate effect, especially the conduct they had. It's a clear miscarriage of justice. Uh, other campaign groups joined the march as well, didn't they, Matt? Yes, yeah, several others joined under the banner of Luton for Justice. The family of Maya Shazad was there. Uh, she's a young girl who was run over and killed by a bus in Berry Park last summer. The family are unhappy about the way they've been treated by the police. An investigation found that what happened was a tragic accident. Also at the march were the Justice for Leon Briggs campaign group. He's a man who died in police custody in Luton in November 2013. Several officers remain suspended in relation to that case, Liberty Louise is one of the campaigners. What we're looking for is somebody is accountable for Leon's death. If he did not come to Luton Police Station, he wouldn't, we wouldn't be standing at vigils for him. So our campaign is about getting justice for Leon and making sure that if anybody did any wrongdoing, that they feel the fullest extent of the law, just like the community would. Well, in response to all this, Bedfordshire Police says the force can't comment on either the Farouk Ali or Leon Briggs cases because independent investigations are continuing. But the Police and Crown Commissioner for Bedfordshire, Ollie Martins, says police community relations in Luton are good. This despite that march yesterday.
hope that long song served its purpose. Feeling much better now, a lot lighter. Yeah, you're, you're less squirmy. Thank you very much indeed. Any, any hint, Kelly Betts? You're in the same studio as uh, uh, Mathwood Lockwood. Yeah. Any hint of the S-word emerging from his dirty, northern, cracked lips? No. Why would you not say sorry for coming? If I was late... This is the thing about you, uh, Matt. You, you, you've got real arrogance about you. Because you were, you, you were late and you let down the team. And it says in my stars today, Pilkington in my stars says I'm going to be a team leader. Well, I'm taking control of this team now. I'm like um, uh, uh, Roger Moore in the Wild Geese. I'm in charge of this team, right? Really? And I would be embarrassed. I would be embarrassed to just turn up late. And then, and then not even go, guys, I'm really sorry. I was having a, a dream about my dead nan. Well, the second bit is true, the first bit is not. <laughs> but why? It's your job. You call this a job? This is a hobby. Oh wait, four... I get paid to do. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Should um, uh, Matt say sorry? I think it's a pretty straightforward answer. Uh, there. Kels, are you going to come in and do the papers with me in the next bit? Yeah, man. Okay, excellent. Nice. There's not a lot in the papers I should uh, flag up. I found some stuff. Did you? Yeah. What is it? And I'll do it. Okay, I'll tell you. Thanks very much Thanks. indeed. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On southern services on the trains that are suspended between Milton Keynes Central and Clapham Junction because of emergency engineering works and no trains uh, on southern services are running through Watford Junction to help the congestion on the line. And Virgin Trains and London Midland Trains have 45 minute delays between Rugby and London Euston because of uh, overhead line problems. Looking at the motorways, the M1 southbound starting to look quite busy around Junction 10 for the Lewiston Airport Spur Road. Checking the cameras on the M25, things not moving too badly at the moment. All uh, seems to be going quite well there. In Beaconsfield there's some roadworks going on on Amersham Road. So there's some temporary lights at Barchfields Lane. That could cause some delays later on. And in Roxton on the A1 Great North Road, there are the roadworks at the Black Cat Roundabout. So checking the speed sensors, it looks fine at the moment, but could get busy later on. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Half past six, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, despite changes in the law making forced marriage illegal, there hasn't been any prosecutions. BBC Three Counties has learned the forced marriage unit has over 1,300 cases, but no one has been charged. David Cameron's meeting intelligence chiefs this morning to discuss the surveillance of terror suspects following last week's attacks in Paris. The Prime Minister will consider whether any new measures are necessary to guard against similar atrocities. And Bedfordshire's Police and Crime Commission says police community relations in Luton are good. Ollie Martin's comments come after a protest in the town yesterday over two police officers being cleared of assaulting an autistic man. The weather will be windy with light rain or drizzle, dull and wet this afternoon with top temperatures around 11 degrees Celsius. That's 52 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Watford lost 3-1 to Huddersfield in the Championship, while there were wins for Wickham and Stevenage in League 2. It seems the MK Dons lone striker Benika Phobis played his last game for the club. The Arsenal youngster didn't play for the Dons in Saturday's draw with Crawley. It's being reported he'll join Championship side Wolves. Here's the Dons manager, Carl Robinson. Benick is officially speaking to another Championship club. We're rumoured to hear that he will be sold. We don't know who to. 
and he's uh, he's having a medical somewhere, and we have to have the respect of Arsenal. Um, he he is maybe moving on to other things, and I th- I'd like to thank him. Southampton have beaten Manchester United in the league for the first time in 27 years, following a 1-0 win at Old Trafford. Jason Tadic scored the only goal of the game. Shots! Sean Murphy's through to the quarterfinals of the Masters snooker at London's Alexandra Palace. He came through a final frame decider to beat the world champion Mark Selby 6-5. At 5-1, I knew I was still in danger because I've just seen it so often from him and others. I knew the match was a long way from home. And to be fair to myself, you know, apart from a Miss Black at 5-3, I didn't feel I did very much wrong at all. I thought it was a very, very high standard match. Very good to watch, good match to open the tournament. And as I say, I'm just uh, chuffed to still be involved. And that's BBC Three Counties News and Sport. We've more at seven o'clock. have you on board, Kelly. Thanks, man. Lockwood? 
Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number. If you want to give us a call, I saw, uh, I saw two great works of British art Ooh. at the weekend. Well, three if you include the picture you showed me yeah. earlier on today. Yeah, yeah. First of all, I saw the Kinks musical on Saturday, Ooh. and I thought, I thought it might be a little bit ropey. It was brilliant. It was partly brilliant because I took my mum and I um, snafu'd a blue disabled badge and we got to park in central London right next to the theatre for free. Wow. So my advice is always take someone in a wheelchair with you when you go to London. Hey, good advice. But the musical was brilliant, man. And then on Sunday, I went to see the uh, motion picture Paddington, the bear. Oh. It was good. Good. Okay. What was your favourite, the Kinks or Paddington? The pa- the, 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 kink- the Kinkington. Kink- the Kinkingtons. The, pa- the Paddington. So was it about their life, yes. the Kinks? No, the Paddington was Wait. about the bear's the bear. life. They were both about their lives. Right. Yes. So who played the characters of the Kinks? It was a computer bear, computer-generated bear. I oh, don't was know. was it? Uh, the Kinks are, the, uh, are just one of the most interesting bands. There's a brilliant bit, and I'm glad they had it in there. This is a true story, where the, uh, Dave Davis, who we spoke to over Christmas, yeah. used to hate the drummer, Mick Avery. used to hate right. each other. And they would argue on stage, and there's a famous incident where Mick Avery <clears throat> picked up his drum pedal, his bass drum pedal, yeah. in the middle of a concert and smacked Dave Davis over the head, knocked him out, thought he'd killed him. So... The drummer runs off and disappears for a week because he's worried he's killed the guitarist. Wow. I thought it was a kid's film. And do you know what he said at the end of that, Matt? Yep. He said sorry. The bear? Yeah. He said sorry. So front page of The Sun, uh, Matt Lockwood still hasn't apologised. Yeah, we go. Je suis Charlie, but we can't get this plum to say sorry. Unbelievable. Yeah. By the way, I've been getting the most abusive emails from someone who wants to send... Um, it was Steve who emailed in last week. Uh, he's calling me a coward. You made yourself appear daft. Um, um, he wants to send me and Catherine to a Muslim country and try and give out free Bibles. I wimped out. Um, I'm pathetic, cowardly disgrace to those real journalists murdered in Paris. I'm not a journalist. Shame on you, shame on Catherine. What's it for? I, I don't really... He didn't like something I said in the show the other week. You betray your sons as much as you betray the victims in France. When they're older, perhaps they will realise your failure and... Oh, dear. if you want to read his email, you can. I've put it on the facebook.com forward slash Ian Lee. So you can have a little look. That's kind of the abuse I was getting. But, um... Ah, the front page of the Express. <clears throat> How are they spelling that? <clears throat> they do this. Joe Willie um, is sorry. Hmm? Joe Willie, <laughs> Matt. Joe Willie. Yes. Is the um, health correspondent for the Daily Express, and I I really don't know how she has the gall to take a paycheck home, because she rehashes the same stories every week. Five, we played this, and we, we got four of them. Five golden rules to stave off dementia. Um, five golden rules of healthy living can help keep dementia at bay. Alzheimer's experts now agree that following the five steps, regular exercise, a healthy diet, keeping the mind active, watching your weight and frequent health checks cuts the risk of developing the disease. Well, yeah, I know. You you told us two weeks ago and then two weeks before that and then two weeks before. You keep telling us the same made up boring health stories, you plum. What have you got, Kels? 
you know what else you missed on the front page of the Express? Yep. Shall I give it to you so it's like it's your story? No, you, I'll let you do it. I'll let you take the oh. glory. Uh, the power and the glory. Oh, thanks, man. You're welcome, mate. So, Julia, what's her name? Bradbury. Mm. She's 44 and she's pregnant with twins. And she says that if she had children in her 20s, it would have hindered her television career. Um, um, yeah. For, let's see, 44 for a mum, uh, it's, it, it, it feels old. Mm. I would suggest it perhaps is a little bit too old. But um, I think forty. I think there are loads of mums that are forty-four that have babies at forty-four. Yeah. Now I don't know. It feels a little bit. Um, Matt, forty-four years old for a mum. What do you reckon? He's on the phone. Yeah. Well, please don't lambast Ian. It's not his fault. <laughs> he could lambast me. Play mask if he wants to come on the air and lambast me. What have I done now? <laughs> what have I done now? <laughs> Does he want to come on? No. Well, tell him we're doing a phone-in show and we're not here to, to just take phone calls from people who want to have a chat. Phone up if you want to come on the air. Don't phone up to say something that you want to be a message to be passed on to me because guess what? It ain't going to get passed on. I've had enough of these people phoning up to... I want, just want to tell Ian. OK, I'll put you through. Oh, no, I don't want to talk to him. <laughs> well, for flip's sake, then. Is it the fella that emailed me? What? what? Oh, flipping heck. Look, I'm trying to do something. Was it the fellow that emailed me? No, it wasn't, no. Well, what, what, did, what was this guy He was be? asking if Catherine had a sick note, but we knew she wasn't going to be in today anyway. Yeah, I know, suspicious. Yeah. Anyway, Matt, 44 for a mum-to-be. OK. <laughs> I just can't, I can't get anything out of this guy. If anyone would like a job in radio, just come in and... Uh, Matt! I'll show you what I can't do. believe I'm still here. No, I can't. No, I can't <laughs> Still not said sorry for being late. I, I genuinely think that's outrageous. <laughs> genuinely. Being late happens, but you always apologise. You always apologise. Anyway, go on. Anyway. Yes. So, yeah, Julia, 44, having a baby. Having twins, actually, and it's her first children. So she'll be 54 when they're... T- I'm 41, right? And my boy... Oh, my boy's five years old tomorrow. <gasps> five years old tomorrow. And then the other one's three next week or the week after... Next week. Um, and I'm exhausted at 41 looking after uh, a five and a three-year-old. So uh, she's going to be 49 when they're five and five. Mm. She's never going to be able to keep it. I, I, she, I mean, she's, you know, she's fit. She's, she's a healthy woman. She's, I, think, I think I read somewhere on the internet she's a country file. I don't know if that's true or not. And that's sad if that's the case. But. Yes. Um, John Craven's a country file. I was so disappointed to find that out. Isn't that a shame? Anyway. Um. So she'll be, she might be able to keep up. 44 is probably a bit too old. But <clears throat> Hello? if you had your five-year-old when you were 31, yep. do you think you would be as good a, a dad? <laughs> no, I would have been a drunk. So <laughs> well, there you go. That would have been absolutely pointless. Now, here's the thing, right? Did you watch Stars in Their Eyes? No. I hear people did... I only want to speak to people who watched it. So I don't, don't... <laughs> did he just say, I hear people did? <laughs> <laughs> did it have the same music? I don't know. Did you watch it? Oh, no. No, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> I want to talk to people who watched it, because it was Harry Hill presenting it, and it got slated. Did it? I, I saw one bit where... Um, <clears throat> There was a blonde woman singing. That's all I saw. Mm. Uh, I didn't see the rest of it, so I don't know if it was any good or not. But it was put up against, I think, The Voice. Uh, and The Voice has been criticised for yeah. being a little bit nasty. 
I don't watch The Voice. I think it's um, uh, what I would call pony. But humiliated, the voice children reduced to tears by joking judges. She'd come... I've got to be careful how I say this name. She had come to make her dreams come true and follow in the footsteps of her former pop star mother. Flippin' heck, she's bigger than her mum. 16-year-old Emily Cunliffe... Is that all right? Mm-hmm. Daughter of Kim Marsh was left humiliated and in tears after being rejected by judges on the BBC's The Voice. On the same show, the panel, who have their backs turned whilst listening to contestants, <laughs> repeatedly questioned the gender of another 16-year-old hopeful, then fell about laughing when they realised he was a teenage boy. The two incidents have led campaigners... Campaigners... There were campaigns. There was a campaign in Luton yesterday. There were campaigns in Paris yesterday. How can you be a campaigner against the flipping voice? There are people campaigning against the potential bullying of an autistic Asian man and people campaigning against the shooting of some cartoonists. And there are people campaigning about the blooming voice. Campaigners to question whether it's appropriate for youngsters to be exposed to the stresses and disappointments of reality television. The age limit for The Voice is 16, but only 14 on ITV's X. Get a flipping life, you plums. Do you want another quick story? Give us a quick one. Give us a quick one. A woman has... This is in The Sun. Yes. Page 22. She said that there's a, a tattoo that her friend uh, Freehandly drew... Freehandly. On, freehandly, yeah. freehandly. Drew it on her shoulder, and it's actually ruined her life. Uh, it happened when they she was They used to 20. call me Freehandly at school, but that's for a completely <laughs> different thing altogether. No, she was 17. She woke up the next day... Kelly. Yep. For she woke. Get off. She woke up the next day and thought, what have I done? Yeah. The tattoo yeah. of a willy. Hey, no. Where's this? Where's her willy? Shoulder. Oh, shoulder willy. Mm. We had... Um, <clears throat> I don't know if you were here. <clears throat> I've got a frog in my throat. Uh, we spoke to the most tattooed woman in, in the country. Yeah, I was here. And her face is covered with tiny willies. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Why would you get a willy... T- I saw a fella in Shepherd's Bush. with He was wearing shorts and it, the, his calf was a willy. Wow. Crazy, isn't it? People have them anywhere now, don't they? Matt, where would you put a willy? Don't answer that. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 anti-clockwise, a lorry's broken down between Junction 25 for Enfield and 24 for Potter's Bar, so that means lanes closed because of that breakdown. It's starting to get quite heavy in the area. On the M1 southbound, it's looking slow on the speed sensors between Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road and also the A1M southbound. That's looking very busy around Junction 7 for Stevenage. In Borehamwood, on the A1 southbound, there are queues between Rowley Lane and the Serling Corner. And on the train southern, it's still suspended between Milton Keynes Central and Clapham Junction because of emergency engineering works and Virgin Trains and London Midlands services have 45 minute delays to London Euston. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. 6.45, Monday the 12th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's emerged that no one has been prosecuted over forced marriages, even though it's been made illegal. The Prime Minister is meeting with intelligence experts to discuss how to deal with potential terror suspects. And Bedfordshire's police commissioner says community relations are good, despite a protest march in Luton. 08459 four double five five double five. Let's get the weather with Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Good morning. It's quite a mild start to the new working week. Temperatures outside ranging between 8 and 9 Celsius at the moment. There's a lot of cloud. If you haven't got the rain already, it's not very far away. Some outbreaks at first, but then it turns heavy and persistent this afternoon, accompanied by quite a gusty southwesterly breeze. But it keeps things mild. We're looking at a maximum of 11 Celsius. Now, overnight, the rain continues. It's heavy, persistent. We're hanging on to the breeze as well. But it will sink south and eastwards. And behind it, some colder air is pushing in. It clears the sky of cloud, and that's when we're going to get our coldest temperature of 4 Celsius. For tomorrow, a chilly start, some sunshine around, but also some showers. Now, some of these showers may be quite heavy. We may get a rumble of thunder in there. But also, particularly out towards places like the Chilterns, for example, they could be a little bit wintry with a little bit of uh, sleet and snow mixed in there. The maximum temperature tomorrow, markedly cooler at 8 Celsius. Heads up for Wednesday, we have an early weather warning in place issued by the Met Office for wind and rain and that's really just for parts of Buckinghamshire where the rain is everywhere is affected by the wind but the rain only really affecting Buckinghamshire and that's your forecast Inside Out returns for the new year we discover the link between road accidents and the street light switch off helping others after being forced into an abusive marriage. We meet the Luton woman who was trained as a lawyer to help stop forced marriages. And we reveal how the only Roman circus ever discovered in Britain has been saved by the people of Colchester. The stories that matter where we live. That's Inside Out with me, David Whiteley. Tonight, 7.30 on BBC One. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, Webby. Morning, mate. You all right? I'm fine, Webby. How are you, Webby? Not too bad. What you got for us, Webby? Stars in your eyes. St- uh, whose eyes? Theirs or mine? <laughs> Stars in your eyes from Saturday night. Biggest load of dribble. Oh, it, why was it load of dribble? Harry Hill was on it. He was presenting, and the show was just disastrous. There was some woman on there trying to be Rihanna. Uh, I think I'd rather sit in a room with a squealing cat. Wow. Bl- but Harry Hill's funny, isn't he? No, no, he killed the show. I'll bring back Matthew Kelly. Now, was Matthew Kelly... I read that Matthew Kelly was on at the start of it. I don't. I'm, I'm, to be honest, mate, I missed the very beginning oh, of it. OK. So. Why don't they bring back Matthew Kelly? Because he, he was good. He got accused... The reason Matthew Kelly disappeared off the telly, he got accused of, um, well, uh, uh, um, naughtiness. The kind of naughtiness that lots of people are getting accused of these days. But he was found completely innocent. But by that time, the damage had been done. Ah. And I like Matthew Kelly. I, 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 he's a, he um, wears um, Issy Miyake aftershave. Oh, does he? Yeah. Mm. I met him once. I said, oh, you smell nice, Matthew. He said, yes, yeah, Issy Miyake. <laughs> so there you go. Webby, you, you, you didn't rate it. No, no. Very, very, very poor. OK, thank you very much indeed. What would you... Well, I wonder what Webby would have been if he could go on Stars in Their Eyes. Webby? Yes, I'm still it. What, who would you have been if you could have gone in Stars in Their Eyes? Oh... Oh, oh. Mm. that's a hard question. It's a tough uh, one, isn't it? Yeah, glad tough. I asked. That's a hard question. I don't know, Matt. I'll call you back in an hour and I'll Give let us you a know. call back in an hour. It's something to look forward to. Should let's just, let's go to Justin Dealey now. Kizar? Dealey, where are you? Kizar. I can hear you on the um, speaker. Oh, there you are, Justin. Hey, boss, how are you? I'm very, very well, mate. You might want to put your headphones on, uh, lockers. Now, Justin. Yes, Mark. I've got some bits and pieces I'm going to send you out in a second, but mm. you were present this morning, weren't you, when was, uh, yeah. the, the, the panic as to whether the show was going to take place or not was, was uh, ha- happening. Yes, that's right. It's very windy out here this morning. 
very windy. Very windy this morning. The winds are whistling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Matt Lockwood turned up 26 minutes late. Yep. Um, and we, we uh, Kelly was panicking. Um, Lee Agnew was was well. I've never heard such language from from someone. It's incredible. Shocked, yes. Member of the management team speaking like that. Uh, I was I was upset that someone could let us down. But luckily, Matt turned up. He was alive and well. Yep. Didn't say something very important though, did he? Didn't say the word sorry. The way I look at it, though, this programme starts at six o'clock, so the listener doesn't know that I'm late. So the fact that wow. I got here at five to wow. six means incredible? that technically mm. I wasn't really late. Isn't that incredible? In radio, we prep. Yeah, that's short for, that's yeah. short for um, what's that short for? Preparation. Thank you. Welcome. That's why we are the yeah. breakfast show of the year because we yeah. do our homework. We right. come in early, we prepare, mm. um, yeah. we look at some of the the day's big talking points. We discuss how we're going to do it differently. Right. That's why we are winners and not losers. Right. I think I didn't get that memo. Okay. No. So you refuse it. You're refusing to say sorry. Well, I just don't feel like saying sorry right now. Daily, what have you been doing this morning? Well, I've been out on the streets. Um, obviously, a lot of people want to talk to me about uh, what's been happening over the weekend. But um, a lot of people uh, very angry this morning mm. about uh, your attitude, Matt, listening to that really? on the way to work. Yep. Um, so I got some reaction about your behaviour and your attitude. Mm. And here's what people had to say. It's awful. Punctuality and attendance goes a long way. He never apologised either. He's now refusing to apologise. Yeah, I think that's morally incorrect. You know, he's a he's a role model to a lot, or a public person in the public eye. So, well, no, he, he needs to go through some discipline procedures. You're appalled by that behaviour. You heard it on the way into work today. You're not happy, Definitely are you? Definitely not happy. He should be on time for work. And if he if there's a reason he's not on time for work, no reason. He sh- well, sorry, need to to do some disciplinary action. Disrespectful. Yeah. Out of line. Uh, I'm not very good in the morning, so... Well, he's clearly not very good either, because he can't turn up on time. Well... It's terrible, isn't it? It is terrible, sir. I mean, quite simply, should he apologise? Yes. Matt Lockwood, is he a disgrace, yes or no? Yes. Thank you very much. Wow. Wait a minute, dearie. You've wow. set me up again. This no. is pond life. This is pond life again. No, no, you Matt, get your audio. If I had time, I'd go yeah. out and get my audio. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And no, people Matt, would say, Matt, no reason for you to apologise, Matt. You know, genuine mistake. Matt. You're working with these idiots. Matt. What does it matter? Listen to your audience, OK? You heard a fella at the end there with no teeth. You heard a fella with, who's not very good in the morning. Matt, I tell you what, you've got 20 minutes. 20 minutes, Take sir. a stick, Mike. Go out there. And see if you, you, you see what pu- the public think. Yeah, yeah, I will do. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. 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 Go yeah, on then. Yeah, yeah go right. on. I'm going to go now. Did you find that clip of audio I was asked, sir, after? It wasn't Boris Johnson, it was Diana Johnson. No, it was Boris Johnson. It was Diana. It was specifically Boris Johnson. Are you sure it was yeah, Boris because Johnson? my wife interviewed him. Really? Yeah, <laughs> so I know, I know it was Boris Johnson. <laughs> Your wife said, go to send over the audio. Go, go out with a stick, Mike. Right. Unbelievable. Was what was it? Was it Boris Johnson? Yes, it was Boris Johnson. It's a big news story today. Unbelievable. This, this is what I, th- I think. I wouldn't mind you going out on just. Okay. Um, big uh, peace protest in Paris. Big one in Trafalgar Square. It was what, the irony, and Frankie Boyle spotted this. The irony of having um, the uh, the freedom of speech protest in Trafalgar Square. If they'd have done it two miles down the road in Parliament Square, yeah, they'd all have been arrested. Absolutely. So I there we go. As well, yeah. well done, Frankie. Now, uh, Boris Johnson was at this this. Uh, 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 peace protest, this freedom of speech protest in um, Trafalgar Square, and he said something really interesting. I know this because my wife did, interviewed him. Right? He said, and I'm just trying to find the quote. He's not particularly bothered with this civil liberties stuff. 
Um, those unwilling to accept British values should go away. I'd kind of agree with that. Um, but now I find the right quote. You've got this is Boris Johnson. You've got to have a very tough security solution to be absolutely determined to monitor monitor these people. I'm not interested in this civil liberties stuff when it comes to these people's emails and mobile phone conversations. If they're a threat to our society, I want them properly listened to. Um, and he says a thing. Oh, I can't find the exact line. He says basically. Uh, that he wants to be able to monitor the phone calls and emails of these people between themselves and their solicitors. Right. OK. Now, I, the thing is, we can't monitor... Because if we monitor their emails and their phone calls, first of all, we don't know who they are, but that means he can monitor my emails and my phone calls. Yep. And I don't want that done. You see, uh, we, we, I think we've spoken about this in the past. I've got absolutely no issue with that because if somebody wants to monitor my emails, you know, go ahead, fill your book. Really? You know, your emails, you know, Dealey? You know, <laughs> really? <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, I want this country to be a safer place. So if that means people are monitoring emails, bring it on because that, in the long run, is going to benefit me, surely. But it, the thing is, though... It's it's a freedom of speech thing. It's yep. it's a civil liberties uh, thing. So to say that we're going to monitor... Who are these people that we're supposed to be monitoring all of their communications? Uh, I've got no idea. I, mean, I, I don't know how that would work. Well, exactly. I've got no idea. You're going into, well, a lot of detail and a lot of questions which I don't think we can answer this morning. But me personally, if it came to people monitoring my emails, go for it. There are people in this country, whether we want to believe it or not, there are people in this country that want to cause harm to other people. If that means that my emails are monitored to keep me and my family safer, bring it on. OK, can you take it to the street? Yeah, should absolutely. we be <clears throat> Should we be allowed to, as Boris Johnson says, uh, monitor everybody's emails and, and tap into their phone calls? Absolutely. Because I kind of think no. OK, I, I, think, I think most people will be with you, but me personally, I see it slightly differently. I've got absolutely nothing to hide whatsoever. If they want to look at my emails, well, they may get a shock, but <laughs> uh, they, they yeah, can monitor boy. those if they want to. Boy, oh boy, wouldn't they? Justin, they thank would. you very much indeed. Ta-ta, we're going to squeeze in a quick record. I've got sent some Beach Boys records, so... Oh, this has got a nasty scratch on it. I don't know if that one's going to play. What song is it? It's, um... Oh, let's have this. Here we go. He's wiping the record on his shirt. Ah, that's the best way to do it. Best way to do it. Right, here we go. This'll do. This is the way I often it would be The way that it is oh, When you are holding me I never had a love of my own Maybe that's why we're all alone I can hear music I can hear music 
This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Is Boris Johnson right to not be bothered by all that civil liberties stuff? 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 anti-clockwise, there's a lane closed between uh, Junction 25 for Enfield and 24 for Potter's Bar because of a lorry that's broken down there, so it's starting to look very busy there. On the M1 southbound, that's looking slow between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road. And on the train, southern services are suspended between Milton Keynes Central and Clapham Junction, and Virgin and London Midland trains have 45-minute delays between Rugby and London Euston. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. And perhaps more importantly, should Matt Lockwood say sorry, he was late? What would you do? 08459 455 555. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, forced marriage laws failing to stop the problem, plans to tackle potential terror suspects, and Bedfordshire Police Commissioner says community relations aren't bad. BBC Three Counties Radio. No one has been prosecuted over forced marriages, even though it's been made illegal. BBC Three Counties has learned the forced marriage unit has over 1,300 cases, but there's been no charges. Aklima Bibby, a victim of forced marriage from Luton, says the law change hasn't made a difference. Victims feel vulnerable, so they have no option but to go back into those situations. And then they come back and say, oh, we've got this, you know, seven-year forced marriage. We can, you know, they can be sent to prison. You're not doing the job at the first place. You know, these, these, these people, the government agencies have to do their job properly. They have to help the person who comes forward. It takes great strength. David Cameron is meeting British intelligence chiefs this morning to discuss the surveillance of terror suspects following last week's attacks in Paris. The Prime Minister will consider whether any new measures are necessary to guard against similar atrocities. Diana Johnson, who speaks for Labour on Home Affairs, says there needs to be consensus on what to do. The state's first primary objective is to keep us all safe and we need to make sure that there are the powers there for the intelligence and security services to do that. We know the internet moves very quickly and terrorists and people who want to do us harm, find all sorts of new and imaginative ways of getting information out there to their followers. So I think, you know, whoever's in, po- whoever's in government is going to have to look at this very carefully. But we need to do it in a measured way. Divers in Indonesia have recovered the black box flight data recorder from the AirAsia plane that crashed into the Java Sea two weeks ago. The cockpit voice recorder has yet to be retrieved, though search teams know where it is. Bedfordshire's Police and Crime Commissioner says police community relations in Luton are good. His comments come after a protest in the town yesterday over two police officers being cleared of assaulting an autistic man. But Ollie Martins denies there's a major problem. We can't be complacent about the uh, state of police community relations in Luton when we've got challenging incidents like we've had. On the other hand, I think there are plenty of positive signs that, that actually relations between the police and and the communities that they serve are fairly resilient. 
Hertfordshire police have confirmed they're investigating allegations involving the Baywatch star Jeremy Jackson, who's been thrown out of the celebrity Big Brother house. It's claimed he tried to open the dressing gown of glamour model Chloe Goodman. The police say they're working with the show's producers to find out what happened. In sport, it seems the MK Don's lone striker, Benika Phobis, played his last game for the club. The Arsenal youngster didn't play for the Dons in Saturday's draw with Crawley. It's being reported he'll join championship side Wolves. And the weather will be windy with light rain or drizzle, dull and wet this afternoon, top temperatures around 11 degrees Celsius, that's 52 degrees Fahrenheit. You can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. And I don't like it very much. Oh, no, oh, no. He swallowed my toe, he swallowed my toe. Oh, gee, oh, gee. He's up to my knee, he's up to my knee. Oh, fiddle, oh, fiddle. He's reached my middle, he's reached my middle. Oh, heck, oh, heck. He's up to my neck, he's up to my neck. Oh, dread, oh, dread. He swallowed my... Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Kelly's there. Hello. That's it. Coming up, marches, marriages. But the thing on everybody's lips at the moment is Matt Lockwood. Imagine being on your lips. Very sweaty man. Very, very sweaty. Should he say sorry? Turn up late. Of course he should say sorry. He's not in tomorrow, is he? Kath's back and you'll move down a chair. Thank goodness for that. Oh, wait, four, five... Mm, Nine. Yes. Four, double, five. Yep. Five, double. That's five. the fella. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Boris Johnson, in the light of... Uh, and isn't it interesting, in the light of uh, um, uh, loads of people being murdered by some dodgepots, um, is uh, starting, starting to make a political statement. He is not that bothered with civil liberties stuff. Uh, and um, he thinks we should be... Uh, he says, quote, I'm not particularly interested in this civil liberties stuff when it comes to these people's emails and mobile phone conversations. If they're a threat to our society, then I want them properly listened to. OK, fine. Who are these people? If he can monitor those people, and I don't know who they are, then he can monitor you. Do you want your emails and your phone calls monitored, Paul, in Northampton? Uh, good morning, Ian. Morning, boss. Um, they already do. Sorry? Uh, and they, ha- they already um, scan through every email and every text and every phone call that has been made since the invention of computers. Who, right, well, um, uh, uh, no, they don't. They do. How can they? How have they got the manpower to scan through every email and phone quite call sim- and text? Quite simply, the, the invention of the computer, as I say. Well, that's where, um, where the emails come from, yes. Well, let's put it this way. Um, there was a big thing in the news last year that all phone providers have to keep a record of every call and text and email for one year in case of any eventualities. Right. Um, they, they, GCHQ, which is our big spying place, uh, receives every email and every electronic messaging um, sort of send, way of sending messages, um, and they filter through via computers and find keywords. When they found these keywords, or anything that they believe could be suspect in any way, 
a person will then go through well, those emails and texts. Right, but, but, but first of all, that's nonsense. There are millions, and someone will let me know how many emails are sent every day. There are millions of emails sent every day, right? Millions, OK? Yeah. So if I, write, if I write, um, hey, uh, Kelly, I've got lots of bombs and guns. Shall we meet up on Saturday? That's going to go to GCHQ, is it? That, that, along with every single text and email, will go to GCHQ. Right, yes. OK. Here's an idea. You know terrorists, I know they're stupid, but they're not that stupid. They're going to write in code, aren't they? Yes, and that's why they look for key words. Well, what are the key words? What are the key words, then? Well, I'm, I don't work at GCHQ, so I can't oblige you with that information. Paul, I, I, I don't... I, 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 this s- does go on. I, I, but they... Co- I don't think it does, Paul, and I don't know. I mean, well, I... Don't, I hate to tell you, Ian, it does. How do you it's know this? On, How do you know go- this? My father's ex-forces. Right. Well, what did he do in the forces? Um, well, I, I'm not obliged to tell you that. Well, what, was he a top but spy or was he... Uh... Ian, Ian, believe me, Paul, believe I, me Paul. when I say this happens. Paul, I, and I, it has I, been happening. Paul, you understand why I can't, I can't just believe you because your dad was in the army? No, no, no. Well, I'm hoping now that there are lots of people out there who are listening to this and will go, yes, actually, Paul is actually correcting well, what he's saying Ian, is and Paul... ring in and tell you. OK, Ian... Yeah. Is Paul correcting what he says? His dad was in the army. I think Paul's been watching too much telly and he's got too many channels on his satellite system. If you think that they're reading all of our emails and texts, um, you know, it's unbelievable. Absolutely crazy. They've got their, their people, they probably read some people's uh, emails and texts, but these are the ones that they're after. And they, they're, they're after intelligence stuff, but they're not looking at mine, I can assure you. You're crazy, Paul. They're not monitoring Ian. No, well, they may not be monitoring, but they are monitoring every electrical uh, messaging device. That's all I'm going to say on the subject. You can dispel me, you can put me down, whatever you wish, but I know it to be true. But, but and again, I stand by my conviction. But, but how, do, again, I don't know, understand how you know it to be true. It, it's irrelevant how I know it to be true. Well, no, it's, it's, re- it's really, really relevant how you know it to be true. Well, all I'm going to do is, is leave you with it, because um, you, you obviously want right. to dispel what I'm saying. Well, no, because, because um, Ian no, thinks you're well, talking rubbish. No, Tell him no, well, why you're not. Yeah. <laughs> I am not talking rubbish, and I just hope that somebody who does know will actually come out and tell you the truth as well. Look, wake up, world. This is what's happening. It's been happening a long time. Uh, uh, thank you very much, Paul. Thank you, uh, Ian. 08459 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Last year, the laws regarding forced marriage changed. It became a criminal offence. Uh, well, I've been speaking to a lady from Luton called Aklima uh, Bibi. She told me how she was drugged and abandoned on a boat in Bangladesh on her wedding day. It's a horrific story. Well, after 15 months and a failed visa application from her husband, he managed to move to the UK. Uh, remember, this was the whole point of the marriage. Aged only 18, with a baby boy and living with her in-laws in Luton, a claimant told me what life was like in the beginning. As soon as he came to the UK, <laughs> you're going to do what my, my parents tell you to do, you're going to do what I tell you to do. <laughs> Married you for the visa anyway. So he didn't he want just... to have a relationship no, with No, there's no, no reason. No, he did not. I mean, but they want to control me. Basically, I was a servant for him and his you know, family. And if you didn't do what he said? You get the punches. You get the kicks. You get not only physical, but emotional blackmail. 
degrading in community. If he couldn't slap me or kick me or whatever, his parents would go around the whole of the community. And I believe, believe me, every single one of my friends' fathers, the friends' mothers, my family's friends, they would go around, degrade me to Same such what? an extent. What would they say about you, Klima? Oh, <laughs> I'm a Western girl. I don't dress appropriately. I don't know how to look after the family. I don't know how to respect them. She's a disgrace to religion and culture. She can't cook. You had children. From this marriage, I had one, chi- one, one child. child. And he would hit you in front of the child? Yes, it's a common thing. What would provoke him to hit you and, and, and how would he do it? Well, initially it was obviously I'm a bad wife. I'm never good enough for him. And if I say anything... You've got big mouth. You don't, you know, you don't talk to me this way. You just do what I tell you to do. So basically, if I said, look, you were not doing your duty, I'd get it. Or he says, okay, um, stay in the kitchen. And if I didn't do something that he doesn't approve of, put a scarf on my head, I'll get beat. There was no real issues or real reason. If you wanted to hit me, he'd hit me. He would do it. That's that's it. And I have to accept it. Yes. Did you tell your uh, your parents? Did you tell the, the, your family and friends? I did. I did. And what happened? What did they say? My friends were okay supportive, but friends weren't allowed. Um, so I told my mother or my family. My brothers were too young. Wouldn't your dad do something, though? Your, his little girl is being beaten up. Eventually, my father came round and realised, hang on, he is in the wrong. Mm. And my father did tell me, just get on with your own life. I mean, initially, my father said, you've got a son now. Nobody's going to marry you now, so you have to make it work. That was it. They pushed me and pushed me. The, the, the real sad thing is I've believed right from the day one, once I got married, that was it. I was too ugly for anyone to like me. And when you're married and divorced or separated, you are as disgusting as, as a piece there's of... A, there's a, st- a stigma. Stigma, that. but... But what sad thing is, I believed that. I mm. believed I was too ugly. You did get out of the marriage. How? Because I started going into education behind my husband's back. My father realised, so he bought a house for me. So I moved out of my in-laws uh, and I had my own house. And it didn't work because he was more domineering and more threatening. I entered into a foundation course um, and he didn't approve of that. So he made all sorts of things just to stop me from going into education. Mm. I was not going to be a single uh, mother on benefits while he works and says, claim the benefits, go on the dole, because the government will pay you. I did not want to do that. So I, my independence, I got out of that because I've managed to start thinking, hang on, I'm, if I'm going to leave, I'm going to live a dignifying life. So I started making my own provisions, basically. I had enough. Around 1998, I thought, nah, that's it, that's it. I can't be in that marriage anymore. Well, you can see more on a Klima's story on Inside Out in the East tonight at 7.30 on BBC One or online. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Boris Johnson doesn't give us stuff about civil liberties. We should be monitoring all of their emails and phone calls. Well, who are they? And if he's going to monitor theirs, he's going to monitor yours. Does that bother you? We already spoke to uh, one gentleman who seems to think that the government are already monitoring... All all messaging things. So that means phone calls, emails and texts. Does M- Is MSN Messenger still a thing? Do people still use MSN Messenger? We do, don't we, here? Do we? Yeah. Is that MSN Messenger? Oh, actually, no. Uh, well, he, he was convinced that that's what the government are doing. But um, I correct, they can't be. There's too many. 
There's too many. And, oh, yeah, it's illegal. Oh, well, I wouldn't stop them. Oh, eight four five nine. Four double five five double five. Matt, you've been uh, out on the streets. I have, with some very interesting results. Yep. Uh, JVS has now waded into the debate as well. OK, Jonathan Vernon-Smith on at nine o'clock. Yep. Always a good listen, unless yep. he, what he's about to uh, be quoted on saying is uh, disagrees with me. What did, what did he say? This is Matt came in late, not been bothered to say sorry. He is calling for my immediate res- resignation yep. from this station. Well, yeah. Well, uh, good I, point. Good point well made. JVS, as always, on the button. There. I'm editing Matt's foxes now. OK. It's mainly Matt just arguing with people in the street. Right, right, yeah. It's good. OK, well, maybe, um, maybe, maybe JVS wants to phone into the show and we'll speak to him on, on oh, the wait, line. 0845945555. That's the phone number. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's very busy on the M25 anti-clockwise. There's a lane closed between Junction 25 for Enfield and 24 for Potters Bar because a lorry's broken down. That's causing queues back into the Homestead Tunnel just before Junction 25. On the A1M southbound, it's looking very busy between Junction 3 for St Albans and 2 for Wellham Green on the cameras. And the M1 southbound, that's stop-start between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and 9 for Redbourne. And Hamilton's still on the A41 southbound. That's very busy between the Two Waters Road and the M25 Junction 20 for Kings Langley. And the A1M A1 southbound around the Black Cat roundabout. That's very busy too through the roadworks. And there are some problems on the trains. Southern services are suspended between Milton Keynes Central and Clapham Junction, while emergency engineering works at Watford Junction Tappan. And on Virgin trains and London Midland trains, there are cancellations and 45-minute delays because of uh, engineering works there too. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. I've got a real frog in my throat today. I can't shake off. Apologies if I cough. It's 7.16. It's Monday the 12th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's emerged that no-one has been prosecuted over forced marriages, even though it's been made illegal. The Prime Minister is meeting with intelligence experts to discuss how to monitor terror suspects, and a referendum could be held in Bedfordshire over the amount people pay for the police. 08459 555555. BBC Three Counties Radio. He's been a local MP for nearly five years. He's risen through the ranks of the Labour Party and now he's answering your questions. What makes you different to all the other politicians out there? On Wednesday morning, Gavin Shooker will be in my hot seat to answer the questions that you set to him. Ultimately, that's a very difficult position to defend. Whether you're in his constituency or live elsewhere in beds, hearts and bucks, I want to know what you want the answers to. What I really want to know, if it comes to it, which party would you be willing to form a government with? Get your questions in now by emailing jvsshow at bbc.co.uk or text on 81333 starting your message with 3CR. Gavin Shooker in the JVS Hot Seat, Wednesday morning from 9, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, Jonathan's on the line. Morning, Jonathan. Morning, Ian. What would you like to say? Uh, I felt compelled to call in this morning. I'm such an idiot. Uh, such an idiot. Go on, yes. I felt compelled to call in. Why is that, Jonathan? What would you like to say? Well, I, I'm not sure that I'm going to be edited out of Matt Lockwood's interview. Um, he accosted me in the car park this morning as I yes. arrived at BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh-huh. Um, and having listened to you this morning, I'd already built up quite a head of rage yes. in the car. Yes. Um, when he accosted me, he tried to uh, engage me with some kind of support for him. Yeah. For his lateness, felt, his late arrival at work, uh, and his lack uh, of apology. 
Absolutely. And yeah. as I suggested to him, uh, he should be sacked immediately. And in fact, if he worked on my, my program, mm. um, he, wouldn't be, no. he wouldn't be in the building now. Well. He'd be out of the building. He then pursued me um, quite threateningly. Oh, gosh. He followed me to the studio despite my repeated um, attempts to get rid of him. He's got a very queer walk, hasn't he? Very strange, he, menacing. He he was he was threatening, yeah. and dare I say, ever so slightly paparazzi. He has he has worked on your show in the past, hasn't he? Uh, once. And and what happened there? Why did that relationship end? Uh, it didn't work out. Let's let's just leave it at that. I won't go into no. Okay. The okay. minutiae of it. It didn't work out. Matt, would you like to respond? I'm just going to stay silent right now. Silence is golden. Well, do, you, what, do you know what I make up from your silence? That you are embarrassed, that you are ashamed, that you realise you've made a terrible mistake, that a senior member no, of no, staff no. Uh, is, is speaking correctly and uh, you, uh, you agree with everything he says. I agree with nothing he says. He's not even in the building, he's just on his phone. The, the, the fact he's, is... He's through there, he's in the other studio, I can see him, I'm looking at him now, just through there. The, the, the fact is a lot of young people want to work in this industry. Here we go. Young yep. people who would get out of bed two hours early... I used to do to that. ...into the building. I used to do that. And you turn up five minutes before a show is going to start. You are an utter disgrace. Jonathan in Luton, thank you very much for your call. You see? That's Jonathan from Luton. Poning you. I don't think he did. I don't really know. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 is the telephone number. If you want to give us uh, a call... Oh, dear. Any texts, Kelly, before we move on? Have we, um... Not been looking at the t- any texts this morning. I've not been looking at the texts. Eight one three double three. Start your text three CR. Otherwise, they end up at other radio stations. And, and amusingly, we sometimes get other radio stations texts. We do, don't we? We always we get the answer to their competitions. Oh. Imagine doing a competition on the air. What would we ask? Um, I don't know. I'm not allowed to give away prize. Well, imagine That's giving true. away prizes. Can I just make an on-air apology to... I will apologise and say sorry, not to you, but to Nigel, who was waiting in a service station for 30 minutes because he thought he was going to be put through to this show. That is my mistake, Nigel, and I'm very, very sorry for that. So I'll apologise for that. Why didn't you put him on? Why didn't you put him on, mate? Got distracted. But that's no excuse. There is no excuse. Were you you dreaming about your dead nan again? I went out onto the streets, but that's no excuse. So, Nigel, I do apologise. I'm saying sorry for that. We do have a text. Go on, let's have it. Deb in Milton Keynes. I was 37 when I had my first son. Oh. <laughs> then found out I was pregnant with twins at 42. Hey. Twins are now 10 and we've done all okay. I was fit and healthy and that is what was important. This is Julia Bradbury, the television presenter, the country file, no less, who's having twins at the age of 44. I'm not convinced. Uh, we'll put Jonathan in the pod. We've done pretty much yeah. the whole podcast today. Yeah, today. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, Matt. Now, more than 100 people have taken part in a protest uh, march in Luton after two Beds police officers were cleared of ass- assaulting an autistic man. PCs Christopher Pitts and Christopher Thomas were found not guilty of beating up 33-year-old Farouk Ali following a trial last month. Friends and supporters took part in the Luton for Justice March, demanding transparency in the case. Well, our reporter Matt Lockwood was at the march and joins me now. Where did it take place, Matt? 
Uh, protesters met outside Nadine's Plaza in Berry Park and travelled along Dunstable Road before finally arriving outside the police station where they made emotive speeches calling for justice. They were hoping for a 1,000 people at one stage to attend, but this was still a sizeable number, just over 100. The police station decided to close for the march, which frustrated some campaigners but didn't stop them making their feelings very clear indeed. Organised by the family of Farouk Ali, we've spoken uh, to them on the programme before, haven't we? Yeah, last February... Uh, uh, Farouk Ali, uh, Dobia Farouk Ali, he was outside his home in Luton watching the bin collection when two officers thought he looked suspicious and pursued him. There was a physical altercation and Farouk was left with bruises. His family says he was assaulted and racially abused but the two officers involved, uh, they've denied this and they were cleared of any wrongdoing. That's uh, Christopher Pitts and Christopher Thomas at Aylesbury Crown Court last month. Both remain suspended pending the outcome of a misconduct investigation. Now Farouk Ali's family considering legal proceedings, civil proceedings, and during the March call for the two officers to be sacked. Now, they also want a video which they believe shows the officers using racist language to be released to the public. Here's Farouk's brother, Dobia. Well, there's two purposes for this march. First of all, we want to release all the uh, footage that was played in the court on the trial. And the second point is that we want to make sure that these officers that are suspended should be dismissed with immediate effect, especially the conduct they had. It's a clear miscarriage of justice. Other campaign groups joined the march, didn't they? Yes, several others joined in under the banner Luton for Justice. The family of Maya Shazad were there. She's a young girl who was run over and killed by a bus in Berry Park last summer. Her family are unhappy about the way they've been treated by the police. An investigation found that what happened was a tragic accident. Also at the march were the Justice for Luton Briggs campaign group. He's a man who died in police custody in Luton in November 2013. Several officers remain suspended in relation to that case, Liberty Louise is one of the campaigners. What we're looking for is somebody is accountable for Leon's death. If he did not come to Luton Police Station, he wouldn't, we wouldn't be standing at vigils for him. So our campaign is about getting justice for Leon and making sure that if anybody did any wrongdoing, that they feel the fullest extent of the law, just like the community would. In response to that, Bedfordshire Police says the force can't comment on either the Farouk Ali or Leon Briggs cases because independent investigations are continuing. But the Police and Crime Commissioner for Bedfordshire, Ollie Martins, says police community relations in Luton are good. We can't be complacent about the uh, state of police community relations in Luton when we've got challenging incidents like we've had. On the other hand, I think there are plenty of positive signs that, that actually relations between the police and, and the communities that they serve are fairly resilient. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555. So do you mind if they monitor, they, them, the government, monitor your emails and your texts and your phone calls? Because that's what Boris Johnson wants. On the back of uh, the uh, tragedy in Paris, the Charlie Hebdo uh, thing, uh, Boris Johnson has come out and said, quote, I'm not particularly bothered with this civil liberty stuff. This civil liberty stuff. Wow. In many ways, the guys who did this kind of thing are often at the fringes of criminality, lured into terrorism by very cynical and clever ide- ide- um, ideologies. In many ways, they're vulnerable. You have to get to have a very tough security solution. I'm not particularly interested in this civil liberty stuff. When it comes to these people's emails and mobile phone conversations, if they are a threat to our society, I want them properly listened to. Well, that would be fine if we knew um, who would, was going to who was going to blow up what and who was going to go around shooting people. We don't 
don't know. So that means they would have to listen to you. And they would have to read my emails. And they would have to monitor my phone calls. Now, while I've got nothing to hide, I don't think I want them reading my email. It's private, isn't it? Because then they might as well come to my house, take the letters off the postman and open all of them before I get to read them. It's the same thing. It's the same thing as opening my mail and reading it before I get the opportunity to do it. And I'm not happy with that. I'm not comfortable with that. And how would monitoring my emails have stopped what happened in Paris? I don't think it would. 08459 555555. We spoke to one gentleman who, um, well, a, a, a conspiracy theory, surely who said that it's already happening, that the, the government are already monitoring all of our electronic message exchanges, emails, texts, phone calls. Well, I don't think that's true. They haven't got the manpower nor the computer power to do it. Would you be happy with the government monitoring all of your, uh, your communications? It makes me uncomfortable. And I'm not quite sure if it would stop anything, because the terrorists would find different ways of doing it. Wouldn't they? And you're not going to get terrorists sending a text. You're not going to get um, a fella sending a text saying, I have got the explosives. Let us meet in Leicester Square at nine o'clock tonight and blow up the infidels. It doesn't quite happen like that, I don't think, unless they're really, really stupid. 08459 455. 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. You can also... Um Send me a text, 81333, start your text uh, 3CR, uh, or you can send an email, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. Dealey is out and about. Very windy this morning, isn't it, Kells? Yes. Dealey's out in the wind. Uh, is it wrong that uh, when the weather is atrocious, mm. I get a real um, little, real perverse pleasure, shall we say, out of sending Dealey out into the, the wet and the wild and the wind? I enjoy it. Why? I think I'm, um, am I a sadist or a masochist? Which, uh, Matt, which is it, a sadist or a masochist? Which is the one that likes inflicting pain on someone else? You are a sadist. Thank you. I think it's because I'm a sadist, oh, Kels, yeah. and I like, I like inflicting discomfort on, um, on Dealey. Dealey. Yeah. yeah. I think he deserves it. 08459 555555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 anti-clockwise, there are queues between Junction uh, 20... Well, from the Holmesdale Tunnel towards uh, Junction 24 for Potter's Bar because a lorry's broken down there. It's on the hard shoulder, but there is still a lane closed. Also, anti-clockwise on the M25, it's starting to look very busy between Junction 21A for St Albans and 16 for the M40. On the M1 southbound, that is stop-start between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and 9 for Redbourne. And looking at the A1 Great North Road on speed sensors, that's looking very slow. Uh, northbound from Thamesford and around the Black Cat roundabout through the roadworks there. In Chesant on the A10 southbound, that's very busy between the uh, New River Trading Estate and the M25, Junction 25 at Enfield. And on the trains, there's been emergency engineering works going on at Watford Junction this morning. That's affecting London Midland, Virgin Trains and Southern Services uh, with delays and 45-minute delays and some cancellations. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Half past 
past seven, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, no-one has been prosecuted over forced marriages, even though it's been made illegal. BBC Three Counties has learned the forced marriage unit has over 1,300 cases, but there's been no charges. David Cameron's meeting intelligence chiefs this morning to discuss the surveillance of terror suspects following last week's attacks in Paris. The Prime Minister will consider whether any new measures are necessary to guard against similar atrocities. And a referendum could be held in Bedfordshire over the amount of tax the public pay to fund the police force. The Police and Crime Commissioner wants to increase the amount people pay by nearly 16%. The weather will be windy with light rain or drizzle, dull and wet this afternoon with top temperatures around 11 degrees Celsius. That's 52 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Watford lost 3-1 to Huddersfield in the Championship, while there were wins for Wickham and Stevenage in League Two. It seems the MK Dons lone striker Benika Phobis played his last game for the club. The Arsenal youngster didn't play for the Dons in Saturday's draw with Crawley. It's being reported he'll join Championship side Wolves. Here's the Dons manager, Carl Robinson. Benik is officially speaking to another Championship club. We're rumoured to hear that he will be sold. We don't know who to. And he's, uh, I believe he's having a medical somewhere and we have to have the respect of Arsenal. Um, he, he is maybe moving on to other things and I'd like to thank him. Southampton beat Manchester United in the league for the first time in 27 years following a 1-0 win at Old Trafford. Jusen Tadic scored the only goal of the game. Just Pella hits the post, back to Tadic who scores! Southampton, just as they did last season here in the Premier League, take the lead at Old Trafford! Sean Murphy is through to the quarter-finals of the Masters snooker at London's Alexandra Palace. He came through a final frame decider to beat the world champion Mark Selby 6-5. At 5-1, I knew I was still in danger because I've just seen it so often from him and others. I knew the match was a long way from home. And to be fair to myself, you know, apart from a Miss Black at 5-3, I didn't feel I did very much wrong at all. I thought it was a very, very high-standard match. Very good to watch, good match to open the tournament. And as I say, I'm just uh, chuffed to still be involved. And that's BBC Three Counties News and Sport with more at 8 o'clock. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Catherine's off, Kelly's producing, Matt is doing Kelly's job. Uh, Matt turned up late, five minutes before the show was about to start. He kind of slowly shuffled into BBC Three Counties Radio. We were, first of all, relieved that he hadn't been killed. Oh, that's nice. Then I wanted to kill him. That's not nice. Uh, he was late, and that you know that happens. Okay, that that kind of happens. But what happens whenever anybody else I've ever worked with in any industry has been late? They've apologised. They've said sorry. Yeah, but sorry Matt is, is refusing so... to say sorry. Sorry is such an overused word. Not if by you. you don't it's really not. Mean it then? Well, well that's even more. Anyway. <laughs> Justin took it to the streets earlier on to, uh, to get the public reaction, and people were furious. Jonathan Vernon-Smith, an award-winning broadcaster of great standing, uh, called for your resignation live on air. Yes, that was slightly uncomfortable. You felt the whole thing was biased, Matt, so you took it to the streets. I did, yes. Should we have a listen to what people... Should we have a listen to what people said? Yeah. yeah. Sorry to bother you. I work at BBC Three Counties Radio. I got into work today at five to six. The radio programme starts at six o'clock. Technically, I wasn't late. Should I apologise to the team? Yes, of course. Even though I wasn't late, technically? Yes. But I wasn't late. Uh, It's your programme. But I wasn't late, though, so why should I say sorry? 
sensory and then you will see their reaction. Do you think they'll think I'm a better person if I say sorry? Yes. Well, I'm not saying sorry, I'll find somebody else. Yes, you're late. If you're no. Five, if you're late, you're late. Wait a minute, no, I got there for five to six, the show five starts two at... Six. Five to six. the oh, show okay. starts at six o'clock. Yeah, but how much preparation do you need? We don't need a lot of preparation, they just make it up as they go along. <laughs> That's good to know, isn't it? We've all done a cheeky little, you know, haven't quite arrived at the, the right time. <laughs> no, you should apologise, because they're getting ready... They're getting ready for the show. You're as bad as them. <laughs> well, I can't help it. Why did you get to work that early? Exactly, I got to work early. Five minutes before the show started, got to work early. Oh, five minutes before the show started? Yes. Uh, yeah, you should say sorry. Come on, I shouldn't say sorry. You should, you should have been there 20 minutes before the show really? started. Yeah, yeah, you should say sorry. This is not going good. JVS has arrived. Should I apologise? Yes, you should. In fact, if I had my way, you'd be sacked. Really? Yeah. The show started at 6 o'clock, got here for 5 to 6. What's the harm in that? No excuse. If you were on my team, you'd be sacked. Straight away? Without a doubt. Yeah, but you see, you run a tight ship. Ian doesn't. I must must get on. Really? Come on, JVS, back me up here. Back me up, JVS. Stop following me. Back me up. Leave me alone. Come on. You know what, I'm I'm speaking the truth. I've got lots of work. You don't want to admit it. Leave me alone. Stop following me. Come on. Why are you following me in spite of you? Go away. Fair play. Now Jonathan knows what it feels like to be on the receiving end of uh, one of those interviews that he doesn't want to be part of. So that's, that's, that's something. But he's right, Matt. Everyone is right. You need to apologise, dude. I'm still thinking about it. Dealey? I still feel... It's embarrassing, isn't it? I've got an email from Ben. Ben yeah. says, uh, if Matt was my... He works on uh, a thing called Radiolab. If Matt was my producer, I'd be apoplectic by his lateness and uh, it would be his very last day on my show. The whole industry well, is outraged. The, the only thing that, that I can say this morning about this is yeah. I went onto the streets this morning at about, what, ten past six, about ten minutes after Matt got in. I went onto the streets and people were queuing up, ready. They wanted to talk to me. The people spoke this morning and they were very, very angry. Enough said. Do you want to apologise for misleading the uh, listeners this morning? How? They weren't queuing up. Well, they were. You lined them up. No. I went onto the streets. I spoke to people. People were coming up to me. J-Dog, Lockwood, what's going on? Talk to me, guys. He's he's gone, Justin. I'm not not having my senior reporter... um, being spoken to like that. <laughs> or, or you, either. It's, yes, it's, it's yes. out of order. Tony's not here, so, uh, yeah. Uh, 08459 555 Now, big story. It's um, uh, in uh, a lot of the papers. Are actually, saying that, I don't know if, I'm, it's, if it's in any of the papers. It's in I... the Independent. Is it in the Independent? Yes, it's made that one, yes. Let me find, let me find the Indy. Do we still get it? Yeah, here we go. This is Boris Johnson. Oh, blimey, what's going on They're there? They're coming You're... for me. I'm sorry, guys. It had to go. It had to go. This is Boris Johnson um, talking on the back of the Charlie Hebdo attacks. He was uh, at uh, Trafalgar Square yesterday for the big uh, peace march. And he's kind of come out and um, said he's, quote, not particularly bothered with this civil liberty stuff. He's basically saying that we should be monitoring their emails and their phone calls, even their conversations with their solicitors. Yeah. And uh, the thing is, we don't know who they are. Yeah, just going to say exactly, yeah. And also, so that means he'll be monitoring my emails and yep. my phone calls. And while I have nothing to hide, 
I'm not very comfortable with that. Mm. I mean, I, I've got a different take on this. Um, it's my personal belief. If people, the, the powers that be, they say, if they want to monitor my phone calls, if they want to go through my emails, do what you like. As long as you are keeping me and my family and my friends safer, go for it. I've got nothing to hide. You're not going to find anything. But, of course, you've got to look to be on the safe so side. So you'd be happy, then, <clears throat> for um, someone to stand outside your house mm-hmm. and every letter that you were sent, they would open it and read it. I have no problem with that at all. Really? If, if, you, if you want to read my bills, if you want to read them, absolutely fine. I've got absolutely nothing wow. to hide. Maybe it's because... But I've got nothing to hide, and I'm yeah. really uncomfortable with that thought. I, I suppose it's slightly different for me, because I, I work in radio, pretty much everyone knows everything about me, so everything's out there anyway. Yep. Uh, but to some people, of course, they would be offended, but I just think in today's society, we know there are people out there who want to cause harm. Let me give you a quick example. Yeah, My fiance, she was on the, one of these 7-7 trains. Thankfully, oh, she survived. Blimey. So if that means that people monitor my emails and my phone conversations to keep this country safer, well, so be it. Bring it on. I don't know how it would keep it safer, though. Because, because they, the terrorists aren't going to phone each other up and go, come on, mate, we're going to go and blow up a train today. But they would need to make communication somehow. I think a lot of people that, that were doing something naughty, let's say, would well, we all know what people do. They go and buy a pay-as-you-go mobile phone. They buy it with cash, <coughs> so it can't be traced. So, or they go and meet in a park and they sit on a bench and say, "We're going to go and quite possibly." This train later. But, but they've got to make communication in the first place to enable them to meet in that park. Do you see what I'm saying? Okay. Well, if they buy a pay-as-you-go mobile phone, how, is it, how are we going to trace it to anyone then? Well, I don't know the it's riddled the, with the monitoring techniques. You've taken it to the streets, just. Yep, I have. I've been asking people: Are they bothered about their civil liberties? Gets a bit edgy towards the end. Uh, mixed views on whether people would have their, their emails and their phone calls traced uh, by the powers that be. Here's what people had to say. Hang on a minute, this is Electric Dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened there. Here we go, right, this is it. No, but I'll feel embarrassed, man, because that, that's uh, against, you know, uh, uh, privacy, you know, because you can't check my email and, well, you can spy on me, but you don't have to check my emails and read my emails and listen to my conversations. That is bad. It, that, that would be very bad. We need to keep our country a safer place, don't we? That yeah, means there that... Might be, there might be other ways to do it, but not to, to, to look at my things, you know. You'd be highly offended if somebody was looking through your emails. Really very offended. So let me ask you, are you particularly bothered about your civil liberties? How would you feel if somebody was monitoring your phone calls, your emails to keep this place safer? Uh, in this uh, present time, I suppose, not, not very much really because of the uh, terrorism as it is. I think there's something, to some degree, you've got to do something like that. So even if you had very, very private emails between people that, that you really, really care about, you'd have no problem with a stranger going through those emails just in case you might be a threat to our society. You'd have no problem with that at all. No, I've no problem at all. It would catch a lot of terrorists, etc. So I think it's a good idea. Interesting stuff. Very, very interesting. I'm with you, by the way. Thanks for your time. Take care. No problem, yeah. Mm, I've got nothing on there for them to be interested in anyway, so they can go for it. So you don't care about your civil liberties. They can have a look. It doesn't really bother you? No, not at all. Okay, how would you feel if the government were looking through your emails, listening to your phone calls to make sure that you weren't a threat to our society? Would that bother you? Yeah would bother you. Tell us why. It's my personal information. So have you got something to hide? No. I don't. But if someone... Right, but that's my personal information. So you don't think it'll make our our country a safer place to be, but by the powers that be doing that? Done.
Sorry. The thing is, just was a bit mm. uncomfortable, didn't it? Did yeah. I'm, I'm done. What, whatever that means. Well, it means she didn't yeah. want to talk to you anymore, fella. Mm. Take the hint. Learn, <laughs> learn the language of the street. <laughs> the thing is, it, it, this was said a, 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 a protest about freedom of speech, and it would curtail freedom of speech. Supposing I sent you an email saying, "Oh, flipping act, Justin. That David Cameron, I could bloody murder him." Mm-hmm. Right now, you know I have no intention of murdering David Cameron. Yep. But then GCHQ intercept that, and then they start monitoring me and haul me in for a questioning. I don't know if they'd haul you in. They'd probably monitor you, but I just. Well, well, hang on a minute. I, I'm, I'm frustrated with David Cameron in yep. this fictional world, and I said, oh, I could murder him. But I think they'd they'd use better techniques than that. Obviously, well, well, what? but this is it. What? They, they, everyone's been um, uh, brainwashed by Twenty Four. They don't mm. have better techniques than that. They would probably look at your history. They'd probably look at your connections, and they would soon realise that, in actual fact, you, you've just said that, and you didn't really mean it. I just think that anybody who doesn't want to have no. their their emails or their phone calls monitored, um, how can I put this? They don't really care about this country. What they would what they would monitor is the fact that my name is Ian, my name is not Abdul, yeah. that I don't go to a mosque, uh, and then they go, all right, fair play, we'll let him go. Quite so, possibly. So then it, becomes about, then it potentially becomes about racial profiling. Possibly, but if we, can, if we can monitor people and just make sure that there's just, say, one plot, one plot is, is saved, well, surely that can only be a good thing for people's safety in this country. What if, pe- if you've got nothing to hide, yep. get real guys. In today's society, <laughs> there, are people, there are people out there who want to kill and cause serious harm yep. to others in this country, to innocent people. It's just today's society. Unfortunately, this is the way it's gone, and we need to deal with it. This is a fantastic idea. 08459 Justin, we'll, uh, we'll find something else for you to do in the last hour of the show. Um, there's so little in the papers, Kelly. The best, thing, the best thing I've got in the papers. Where is this? Is it that tattoo? No, it's not the Willy tattoo. Let's do crunch. This is actually genuinely a good idea. You know, there's that shop that opened. All they sell is uh, cereal. No. Oh, there's that shop that opened, and all they sell is cereal. You being cereal? Yeah. Um, it's in, in, in uh, probably Hoxton in East London. Where everyone's a, it's blokes with long beards. It's, it's hipsters, right? Right. And so a bowl of... And they've got, like, thousands of different cereals. And a bowl of cereal is about £3.40. And they've got different kinds of milk. OK. OK, yeah. Well, now they've opened up a sandwich shop in Belfast um, selling 35 different sandwiches, all made with crisps. I could murder a crisp sandwich Inside. right now. Inside? Yeah, in the sandwich, mate. I don't know how I'd feel about that. You've never had a crisp sandwich? No, yeah, but you put the crisps in fresh. Yeah. If they're already in, wouldn't it, well, no, they it put... might get soggy. Like well, if, no. you have, if you have, say, what? cheese and cucumber yeah. with crisps in that you've already bought, how long have they all been in there together? I, well, the only thing they add is cheese and ham. Here we go, look. And they would probably make it fresh for you. OK, all right, I'm in. Simply Crispy in Belfast offers lots of flavours in slices of bread. Uh, uh, so lots of flavours mm. in slices of bread, baps or round crusty loaves. Mm. Cheese and ham can be added. I'd be up for that. Yeah. A, a, a cr- cheese and crisp sandwich right now. If only they did it at Prizzy's. Yeah, that would be good. That would be awesome. Or oh, do you fancy a Prizzy's after the show? Yeah, why not? Lockwood, are you going to buy us breakfast to say sorry? He's not even listening to utter, the station. Utter. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
On the M25 anti-clockwise, there's a lane closed between junction 25 for Enfield and 24 for Potters Bar because the lorry's broken down. Queues now are back from junction 26 for Worth Mabby. On the M25 anti-clockwise as well, looking very slow between junction 21A for St Albans and 16 for the M40. And the M1 southbound is stop-start between junction 11 for Dunstable and 9 for Redbourne. In Bishop Stortford, having a look at the speed sensors on the A120, that's looking very slow in both directions between Bishop's Parkway and the Little Haddam Junction. And in Beaconsfield on the A355 Amersham Road that's very slow between Longbottom Lane and the A40 London Road. On the trains there are some problems. There are engineering works going on at Watford Junction so it means Virgin Trains and London Midland Trains have 45 minute delays and Southern Services are suspended between Milton Keynes Central and Clapham Junction. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. 7.46, Monday the 12th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's been revealed that no-one has been prosecuted over forced marriages, even though it's been made illegal. The Prime Minister is meeting with intelligence experts to discuss how to monitor terror suspects, and a referendum could be held in Bedfordshire over the amount uh, people pay for the police. Let's get the weather. Here's Kate. <laughs> Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's a mild, grey and rather damp start to the day. Temperatures outside at the moment, somewhere in the region of 8 or 9 Celsius. We've had one or two spots of rain, but nothing too significant. Some heavier, persistent rain likely to arrive as we head through the afternoon. It's fairly breezy as well, a strong, gusty wind, especially through the afternoon. Maximum temperature, though, mild at 11 Celsius. Overnight, the rain continues. It's heavy, it's persistent, still a breeze as well, but eventually it will clear south and eastwards. So by dawn, we're going to get clearance of that. The sky is clear and the temperature drops. Some colder air pushing in behind it. The minimum temperature there around 4 Celsius. So some sunshine tomorrow morning. Fairly chilly though. One or two showers, some heavy ones, a rumble of thunder perhaps and even perhaps over the Chilterns for example some of those showers may be a bit wintry in nature. The maximum temperature cooler at 8 Celsius. A heads up for Wednesday. The Met Office has issued an early weather warning for wind and rain. The wind covers all three counties. The rain covers Buckinghamshire. And that's your forecast. Three Counties Sport isn't just about hearing your team in action. In action. It's going to be Baker! And Baker gets his goal and history has been made at Stadium MK. It's about the managers. He's a great lad and the culture we have here is going to fit right in. So really pleased to have captured someone like that. The players. You never get an easy game in the Championship, home or away, usually. And there'll be no different this, this weekend. And no, we're, we're pretty confident at the moment. And the fans. It's been obvious since August we need one stroke, two strikers. Every day we bring you latest news on your local team. Boots and midfielder Luke Rooney signed a contract extension until the end of the season. The 24-year-old originally penned a six-month deal in the summer. Three County Sport, keeping you up to date with Luton, Watford, MK Dons, Stevenage and Wickham every day of the week on BBC Three Counties Radio. Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, you may remember last month we spoke to a head teacher at a school in Hertfordshire who told us about the yellow lines outside her school which had disappeared. Well, we investigated and Hertfordshire County Council told us the lines would be back by the second week of January. So, let's find out if that's happened. Uh, Julie Michael is head teacher at Edwin Street Middle School in Buntingford. Morning, Julie. Oh, good morning. Why had these lines disappeared? What had happened? Uh, uh, 
well, in October half term, uh, it was obviously deemed to be necessary to resurface Bowling Green Lane, um, which is quite a narrow uh, residential uh, small road, uh, as the name indicates. Um, and uh, during the half-term holiday, um, this resurfacing had taken place. We returned to school to find that the d yellow lines um, had been uh, tarmacked over. Uh, so we were really concerned because it meant that uh, it, people could park anywhere, therefore making it very, very difficult for the transport mm. of children to, to go up and down already a very narrow lane safely. Our school has 50 employees, 450 pupils. Uh, the upper school, which is 100 yards from ours, has doubled that number. So all in all, uh, you've got about 1,500 uh, people using this road. And it's meant that cars were parking on both sides of the very narrow la lane um, and making it very difficult. We were told that these lines will be back by the second week of January. We've yes. passed that point, so what's happened? <laughs> so we're really pleased because we came back to school on the uh, last week, actually, on the 5th of January, yep. and uh, there were lines. Brilliant. Yeah, we thought so, um, but unfortunately the lines were incorrect. Um, what do you mean, incorrect? <laughs> well, at the bottom of the lay-by, uh, we have very many coaches that uh, come to collect the children. Uh, a lot of the children come from little villages and so on and so forth. And so we have a lay-by. At the end of the lay-by, by the bottom gate to the school, there were uh, originally double yellow lines, allowing me, if you like, uh, a point at which I could cross the children safely over behind these big coaches to the other side of the road because I could see both ways. Those have not been reinstated at all. So now cars are parked all the way along the bottom gate, if you like. Um, and then further down, where they had started the yellow lines, uh, they've painted them for about 100 uh, metres, well, uh, yeah, a short space. Yeah. Then obviously a car was parked there. So they stopped and then continued after mm. where this little car's parked. And it's only a small car, uh, so <clears> this <throat> person keeps parking there every day now. Well, they've uh, got their own private parking yeah, space. Yeah, they have. It's unfortunate if you've got a longer car, you can't use it. But if you've got a little car, you're fine. What a balls-up. Um, <laughs> Terry Duris is responsible for highways and Hertfordshire County Council. It's a balls-up, Terry. No, it's not. Tell us why. Because when I came on the 15th of December and we had a discussion about this, I said it would be done by the second week in January. We are in the second week of January. The, the yellow line painting, which is scheduled and was scheduled to be done this Friday, the 16th of January, it will be done, weather permitting, on the 16th of January. And we have to have those particular permissions so that if there is a car parked on the road on that day, we can actually remove it. What we, what happened was that I thought that was the, the plan. You said, no, you, said that, you said, well, hang on a sec, Terry. No, you no, said, you said, finish, you can't, you'll come what back in a second. During the Christmas holidays, Terry, you said that you would, you would make sure that this time that the lines were painted, you would get all of the procedures in place to make sure that the road was clear. Did that not happen? Yes, it will happen on the 16th of January, which is the second week in January, weather permitting. Julie? Well, it's obviously obviously been back um, and because they were not there when we finished school so the, somebody's come back and um, done it but done it incorrect and I'm really pleased they're going to come back on the 16th and do it correctly uh, but I'm really shocked that obviously 
some team of people have come out, a lot of money's been spent, and they've done it incorrectly, now they're coming out again. So there's all this, you know, if you recollect, they came out earlier, but they hadn't done, uh, made the road clear of vehicles. So that was a waste of people's time coming. Uh, they've come back a second time, done it incorrectly. Now they're going to come back, apparently, a third time uh, on the 16th, and hopefully do it correctly. I'll be delighted if they do. But another interesting thing is that in January of um, this year, of last year actually, um, there was a proposal to have further double yellow lines um, for the opposite side of the road, following concerns raised about the on-street parking, uh, causing obstruction and reduced visibility for pedestrians and approaching vehicles. And the local county councillor, Rosemary Chesright, thankfully recommended it as a priority. And the work is being funded by Highways Locality Budget Scheme. Now, with all that happening, um, all the, um, the objections, if you like, were put out, and that's been brought um, to the table, but still we've heard nothing at all about that, and that's now a full year. Um, so in theory, they're going to have to come back again and put another set of the new proposals. So it just seems an awful lot of... Um, Work. <laughs> does, it does seem you've got money to, to burn, have you, Terry? Right, well, let me, let me make, put this into perspective and let me actually give you some facts. First of all, the contract for double, doing the replacement WL Alliance following the resurfacing is a fixed price contract and the contractors will get what the fee for doing the job, however many times they come out and, and do it. They came out actually over the Christmas period, which they, they shouldn't have done in that context because they wanted to actually be helpful to the school and do it while the school was closed. With the benefit of hindsight, they were damned if they did, damned if they didn't. They shouldn't have done technically, but they tried to be helpful to the school. With regard to the double yellow lines or the yellow lines on the other side of the road, I actually signed off the approval for that, I think, just before Christmas, and they will now go ahead. They, the, the point about this, and it, it, isn't, it takes a long time, but it is not a delay because you have to actually go through an informal consultation you then have to go through the procedures for these yellow lines and then you have to go through a formal consultation i'm pleased to say that from my recollection there were no objections to these and as, as a result i was able to sign them off and they will be done but the, it, you mustn't conflate the two particular okay. well, listen, jobs listen so uh, uh, terry uh, the the original lines will be done on friday will they the original lines will be done uh, weather permitting on Friday. Okay. We, ca- can we all agree to meet on Monday and hopefully all shake hands, have a big hug and park safely? Julie, Terry? Unfortunately, I'm already committed on Monday, but uh, Tuesday? I'm sure that there will be people out there. How about Tuesday? I'm sorry? How about Tuesday? Uh, I'll have to look at my diary and I'll come back to you. M- maybe Wednesday? Uh, you're, you'll... Uh, you, I wouldn't want to be late in the same way that Matt was possibly late this morning. Are you t- are you saying you won't come back on, Terry? Uh, no, you know full well I will always come back on. So we could say Tuesday or Wednesday. Oh, you were saying, can we meet out there? No, the- no, no, I mean on the phone, you silly uh, no, sausage. No, no, Sorry if I didn't make that said. clear. Let's be accurate. It was a metaphorical handshake, a metaphorical hug. Can we uh, do that I'm Monday or Tuesday? A metaphorical Beautiful. Handshake. And I'm always up for a metaphorical ruffle of your hair, Mr. Duris. Uh, Julie, Terry, we will speak one day next week. We'll sort it out. Thank you very much. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties hey, Radio. What happened? Ninja mission? There was a ninja mission. 
talking to Terry. I'm talking to Julie. I turn around. Someone has, someone has snuck in a coffee. Was that you, Dealey? Did you do that? Did you? Ninja mission, Matt. He did a ninja mission. Dave, I mean. Oh, good morning. Oh, flipping it. Yes, he did. He did a ninja mission. Who did? Oh, f- were you not listening to the last... Uh, give the headphones Give the headphones to, to, to Daly. Excuse me. Yes, Dave. Right. Match was five minutes early. You're talking to Daly, because I've I'm, I'm got the, the patience oh, to speak to you. Flip-picking, heck. What's up, boss? What have you got for us? Uh, Justin. Yes, Dave. Matt comes in five minutes before you go on air. Yeah, late, yeah. No, no, not late, because if he had to clock in... A tribunal and boss wouldn't be able to do anything about it. No, no, Dave, he clocks in no, at 5.30. No, no. Pardon? Yeah, yes. He clocks in at 5.30. No, he's 5 to 6. He's yeah. come in. So that means right. he's 25 minutes late. No, no. Would you like me to send you a calculator for your excuse, birthday? Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, don't, get, don't get like him. You know, right, Justin. <laughs> me and you mates. You know what I mean? Are we? <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, OK, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. Right, how long was it before he went on the air? Uh, Dave, I can clear this up very quickly before the travel news. Um, he was due in at 5.30, he came in at 5 to 6, he was 25 minutes late. I think we're done, Dave, aren't we? No, no, uh, when did he speak up on the radio with Bossy Boots? No, he's meant to be in at 5.30, he turned no, up at 5 to 6. No, past 6, so he was there 20 minutes before he went on the air. Bye, Dave. So, well done, Matt, you know what I mean? Excuse me. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are still queues on the M25 there from Junction 27 for the M11 to Junction 25 for Enfield because the lorry's broken down. Anti-clockwise as well, there are queues between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. And having a look at the cameras on the A1M southbound, that's very slow between Junction 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage. Into High Wycombe on Marlow Hill, that's starting to get very busy as well. And having a look at the trains, Virgin and London Midland services have uh, a reduced service running today with 45 minute delays because of engineering work at Watford Junction and Southern services are suspended between Milton Keynes Central and Clapham Junction. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Thank Radio. Thank you, Samantha. Ian has emailed in. That moaning woman on now. Moan, moan, moan. Tell her to shut up. He's referring to Dave. Excellent stuff. More of your calls and whatever after the news with Lee. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, forced marriage laws failing to stop the problem. A referendum could be held over police funding in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire Police investigates Big Brother allegations. BBC Three Counties Radio. Changes in the law making forced marriage illegal have yet to result in a prosecution, according to an investigation by BBC Three Counties. The forced marriage unit has over 1,300 cases, but no one has been charged. Colette Paul, the chief constable of Bedfordshire Police, says attitudes are changing but it isn't just the responsibility of the police. I think awareness has got much better. Um, we've certainly got a forced marriage unit. You know, It's only a, a small unit, but it's really, really linked in with the partners in Luton. People do understand 
it more now. I think the fact it's now a criminal offence has been really helpful. But it's not just about police, it's about communities as well. The Prime Minister is meeting senior intelligence officials to consider Britain's response to the terror attacks in Paris. David Cameron has warned the country is facing the same threat as France. Here's Gordon Carrera. As well as looking at protective security measures in the UK, there may also be an attempt to understand if there are any lessons to be learnt from the French decision to drop surveillance of the two Kouachi brothers six months ago, when reportedly they were not judged an imminent danger. The issue of surveillance of communications, which has been politically contentious in the UK, may also arise. Divers in Indonesia have recovered the black box flight data recorder from the AirAsia plane that crashed into the Java Sea two weeks ago. The cockpit voice recorder has yet to be retrieved, though search teams know where it is. A referendum could be held in Bedfordshire over the amount of tax the public pay to fund the police force. The Police and Crime Commissioner wants to increase the amount people pay by nearly 16%. Sarah Jenkins reports. The amount raised by the police through the council tax in Bedfordshire is among the lowest in the country. Ollie Martin says the rise would raise around £4.5 million extra each year and would pay for 100 new officers. It would mean people paying between 32 and 48p extra each week. A rise that large would require a referendum and would be held alongside this May's general election. Hertfordshire Police has confirmed it's investigating allegations involving the Baywatch star Jeremy Jackson, who's been thrown out of the celebrity Big Brother house. It's claimed he tried to open the dressing gown of glamour model Chloe Goodman. The police say they're working with the show's producers to find out what happened. In sport, it seems the MK Dons lone striker, Benika Phobis, played his last game for the club. The Arsenal youngster didn't play for the Dons in Saturday's draw with Crawley. It's being reported he'll join championship side Wolves. And the weather will be windy with light rain or drizzle. Top temperatures around 11 degrees Celsius. That's 52 degrees Fahrenheit. You can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties.
Three Counties Radio. Talking about forced marriage in a second. Also, Matt Lockwood, can we get him to apologise for being late before the end of the show? You bothered about having your emails and your texts and your phone calls monitored? Boris Johnson, in the wake of uh, the Charlie Hebdo attacks, thinks we should be monitoring people's private messages. It sits uncomfortably with me. And is 44 too old to become a mum? 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Here we go, here we go. And this, here's a story like this in reverse. So, uh, Julia Bradbury, uh, who I've met and is absolutely delightful, is going to be a mum at 44 of twins. Uh, is that a bit old for a mum? Then I see Jeff Goldblum, 62. Mm. Jeff Goldblum. Bloom or Bloom? I don't know who you're talking about. Sorry? I don't know who that is. Matt, Jeff Goldblum? It's, it's a, a, an audio medium, so that... Oh, it, it is, isn't it? Yeah, no. Flippin' heck. Neither of you know who Jeff Goldblum is. Are you going to tell us? No. OK. I'm not going to, cos you disgust is me. Is he an actor? Yeah. A really, what? really, really famous actor. Uh, What's he been in? King's Speech, was he that one? <laughs> That's Colin Firth. What film has he been in? No. Oh, God. He... <laughs> Flip it. I'm speechless. I'm speechless. What film has he been in? Give us a clue. He was in The Fly, and he's in Jurassic it. Park. Oh, OK. Which one was he in Jurassic Park? He was the Jeff Goldblum character. Which was he one? wearing a blue shirt? I've got no what idea. I've like? never seen it. I'm not... I don't care. Is he short? Is he fat? He's very tall. He's 62, and he's revealed that his girlfriend, 32, is pregnant. Mm. Now, he's an old dad. Yeah. But, like, he's... Like, sorry? That's a big age gap. Yeah. That's the age my dad was when he died, 62. And he, he's having a baby at 62. That seems very old to become a dad. When that kid is 10, he's going to be... 73. Two. two. Something like that. In his early 70s. No, no, no. It's not good. Oh, 08459 four double five five double five is the phone number if you want to give us a call on that. You got some texts? Yes! Alrighty. One on Matt. Having listened to the late Matt, my first impression was that he didn't sound entirely sober. Could that be an issue? <laughs> Could be. Janet. It's either, um, uh, uh, well, it's either alcohol or a little bit of puff. James wants you to play The Littlest Hobo, which you've done. Done it. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, earlier, Paul called in and said that our emails are already being monitored. By whom? By them. By the government. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that's who we spoke to earlier yeah. on. Yes, yes. Yeah, you remember. It was you. <laughs> uh, we've got a text in. Your call is correct. The technology is there and has been for a while. They are also refining this on a daily basis, progressing much faster than you would imagine. I trust my sources of information. As you say, this is like somebody opening your post. Well, it sounds like Paul again. Is it from Paul? No name. So probably. 
Uh, Tony says, aren't our mobile phones being monitored already? No. So is that Paul again? <laughs> Every app that we download onto our phone, the companies yeah. required permission to access our communication, photos, location and web search. But they're not listening to our phone calls. Right. Kenny Redbourne says on the email, trouble with Justin's logic is that the criteria of whether he has something to hide may change over time. That's the thing. You allow it now, well then what will they be looking for in ten years' time? It may be that in the future a sarcastic comment about a government minister may be what is being monitored. Who coughed? Me. <coughs> I swallowed tea wrong. Thank you. You'd have thought I'd known how to by now. Also, to take the monitoring a bit further, why not allow cameras and microphones in every house if we really want to catch all the bad guys? 08459 555555. More on that. Anon. Now, in June last year, the law regarding forced marriage changed. It became a criminal offence. An investigation by this programme has found that there have been no prosecutions in that time, even though in Bedfordshire over 30 forced marriage orders have been issued. When Aklima Bibi from Luton was forced into marriage at the age of 17, she began a spiral of physical and emotional abuse. She got out of it eventually. But now, a divorcee with a child, she was untouchable in the community until another man came along. But this was the beginning of a new nightmare. Just the whole stigma of the cultural issues. If I married outside, my son's not going to be accepted. And I wasn't good enough. I was too ugly for someone in this country to marry me for who I am. So I didn't, I thought, you know, him proposing was a privilege to be mm. honest with you and was that marriage abusive it, this was a living hell on earth this guy was the day one the moment he entered into this country he was like get, getting a burqa sorry to interrupt yeah. again do, do you, you suspect he married you for a visa to get into this country oh it's the same thing I really? thought this one I originally thought he genuinely loved me mm. but when he came over here he openly said it Oh, you should be grateful. You know, you're a divorcee. I'm a bachelor. I'm a single person married you. You know, who's going to look at you, let alone marry you? You will do. You will go in a burqa and you will do what I tell you to do. And you will get the rest of my family in this country. Did he, was he violent? This one, he was, this one, flying kicks, the slaps, you know, the punches. My son was four minutes late coming from school. He was 13, four minutes late. He just suddenly lashed out at him the moment he walked through that door kicked him punched him he was on the floor jumping on him on his head as a mother i had my two younger girls who were literally babies he was killing my son all i said was don't you think it's enough and i said it toned down nicely so that he doesn't lash out on me and that's all I said. What he did was kicked my son on the wall. He grabbed my hair and he punched me, ran into the kitchen. And I knew he was either going to get the machete or the da, we call it, or the knife itself. I, I knew we were going to be dead. I grabbed with my whatever strength I had, grabbed my kids, went into the front room, locked the door. But he kicked the door down. He had his boots. He kicked the door down. I, knew, I thought because my son was his stepson, I threw my son behind the settee because I know he's going to grab him first. But my daughters were still clinging on to me. And they, I, couldn't, I couldn't throw them. They were screaming. But he kicked the door down. And while I was holding, because I had my back to him, he grabbed my hair. And as just as, you know, he had his knife almost, you know, touching my neck until his sister came running and grabbed his hand away. I knew he was going to kill me. But I was more worried about how to protect my kids. That was a sheer luck. That was 
that was absolute sheer luck that I survived. If his sister wasn't there, I would have been dead. I would have been dead. Do you think the situation with forced marriages is getting better? No, no, I don't think so. I mean, I don't know how much has changed from the 80s to now, but you must have seen the home of the statistics, how many people are being still being forced. Um, I think it's just happening all the time. Like, for example, my second husband, you know, already tried to have my daughters. If I stayed in that marriage, he would have had the upper hand. My daughters would be forced. So how do we stop it then? What, what do we do? Is it the government? Is it the police? Is it women like you? What, what, what do we do? You know, you have to get the police involved, the social services or the court proceedings. I mean, with the legal aid cut now, they are very limited to what they can get or afford. And some of these women are fearful because they're saying, like, what if I go to the police and the social services take my kids away? when it comes to police, police don't make it easier. Police don't even have the staff to deal with, especially the cultural issues. I suppose, I don't know, deal with the cultural issues or they make an excuse for not doing their job properly, blaming it on on culture and Mm. um, religion. Those young people, this is where the major problem is. They don't help you. So they, we feel, or, or people like us or victims feel vulnerable. So they have no option but to go back into those situations. And then they come back and say, oh, we've got this, you know, seven-year forced marriage. We can, you know, they can be sent to prison. You're not doing the job at the first place. You know, these, these, these people, the government agencies have to do their job properly. They have to help the person who comes forward. It takes great strength to come forward. If, if I was helped right from the beginning, I would have come out of this abusive relationship long before Mm. You know, way before the now. But why did it take me so much effort and so much courage to come forward, risking my life, saying that I will carry the knife to protect myself? Why did I have to do that? You know, you want to teach your children to be children, but the tips for survival, I have to do it because there's no other protection. I I don't have no faith in the police or anyone else. I, I have to survive and I have to teach my children how to survive. Clement, I really appreciate you telling me your story. Okay. Uh, it's obviously very painful, uh, uh, but it's, it's, it's very powerful. And um, I, I appreciate you sharing it with us. Yeah. Thank you. Gosh, well, you can uh, see more on Akleema's story on Inside Out in the East tonight at 7.30 on BBC One or online. Uh, in response, the Chief Constable of Beds Police, Colette Paul, has told us that awareness around forced marriage has got much better. The county has a forced marriage unit with a dedicated team of staff. But it's not just about the police, it's about communities as well. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are long delays on the M25 anti-clockwise from Junction 27 for the M11 to Junction 24 for Parters Bar because a, a, a lorry broke down there earlier on. On the M11 northbound, there's a lane closed between Junction 8 for Bishop Stortford and 9 for the A11 at Saffron Walden, so that's causing queues. And in North Watford, having a look at the speed sensors on the A41 Northwestern Avenue, that's very busy around the Dome Roundabout. Also in Amersham, having a look at Gore Hill, that's very busy between the A413 and London Road and High Wycombe, the A404 southbound, that's 
slow between the M40 Junction 4 for the High Wycombe Handy Cross roundabout and Marlow Road around the Bisham roundabout. On the trains, there are uh, an emergency engineering works going on in the tunnel at Watford Junction after a problem last night. It's causing uh, some cancellations and delays to Virgin Trains and London Midland services. The ones that are running have 45-minute delays and southern services are suspended between Milton Keynes Central and Clapham Junction. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. 8.17 or thereabouts. It's Monday the 12th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. This radio station has learnt that no one has been prosecuted over forced marriages, even though it's been made illegal. The Prime Minister is meeting with intelligence experts to discuss how to monitor terror suspects in the future, and a referendum could be held in Bedfordshire over the amount people pay for the police. 08459 555 is the phone number. 81333. Start your text 3CR. BBC Three Counties Radio. You right? Yes. Do you need a moment? No, I, I, can get, I, can give, I can get you 33 seconds if you want to catch your breath. Could you? Would you like it? Oh, I'd like that. Here we go. Thank you. Every weekday from 12. We're talking to Ellis Jones uh, about her journey, which has uh, landed her in the arms of Youthscape. When I was five, my dad left our family. It's your first inclination to go, oh, I must have done something naughty. Nick Coffer. I was in a really vulnerable place. The people at Youthscape, it is literally their job to show you that they love you and care about you and whatever you're going through. Every day my job's a privilege, but every once in a while, well, it's an even bigger privilege because I get to meet people like you. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan Vernon Smith. Good morning. That's better, that's better. I see Matt Lockwood is still working on your show. Well, you say working. He sat in there. Let's listen to what he's doing. Hello, are you, are you ready? What's he doing? <laughs> he's having a chat. Unbelievable. Kelly, what is he doing? You know. <laughs> what are you doing with my life? <laughs> <laughs> look at that. I mean, look at that. There's just nothing going on what? there. My bag's in the toilet. <laughs> He's got very protruding dimples, hasn't he? Hasn't he? I've never noticed his dimples. Before. He is like an older version of Alan Bennett. <laughs> Isn't he, he is, yes. He really, really is. She and Kirkin and got my bicycle <laughs> and rode into town. What's on your show this morning? Coming up on the big phone in this morning, I'm going to be asking, do you think it's fair to ask British Muslims to do more to tackle extremism? Britain's only Muslim cabinet minister has told the BBC it's wrong to deny the gunmen in Paris were Muslim and lazy to say their extreme views had nothing to do with Islam. Sajid Javid, who's the son of a Pakistani-born bus driver, argues there's a special burden on Muslim communities to tackle extremism, as whether they like it or not, their religion is being used as a tool to carry out horrible activities around the world. Well, in the Times newspaper this weekend, Mr Javid, who's the Culture Secretary, wrote that we need answers to why some children from Muslim immigrant families grow into world-class surgeons and why some commit mass murder in the name of their faith. Mm. From nine this morning, I want us to debate this. I want your views, your reaction. Do you think it's fair to ask British Muslims to do more to tackle extremism? I'd love your call on 08459 455 555 from nine. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Daily, daily, daily. Hey. 
good morning, boss. Get this right. I'm mm. working with um, either children or idiots <laughs> or idiot children. The worst. Oh, yeah. well, imagine you're a parent, right? And at some point you think, Flippin' it, my children, they're actually idiots. Yeah. You get by about five or six. My boy's five tomorrow. Where did that time go? Mm-hmm. Uh, by about five or six, you, you kind of got an idea of their intelligence, right? Imagine thinking, oh god, my kids, re- my kid is actually thick. You know. Uh, anyway, I'm sure that um, um, Kelly's and Matt's parents must have thought this at some point in their lives, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They don't know who Jeff Goldblum is. They, they don't know who Jeff Goldblum is? They, do you know who Jeff Goldblum is? Uh, I, I know who Jeff Goldblum is, yeah. Goldblum. Go, Goldblum, yeah. Yeah, big name. Big name, boss, yeah. It's great. Hang on a minute! Am I living in a parallel universe where everyone... Where the hell is Catherine? And I never thought I'd say that and mean it. Yeah. You don't know who Jeff Goldblum is? Big name. Uh, yeah, Lynch has got a lot of letters in it. He's uh, a big yeah. star. Who is he? Um, he's, well, he's a big star. Oh, uh, said... I know who he is. Yeah, because you Googling just Googled him. him. You can't Google him. Which you can. No. Well, I have. She, she literally can. can. You he's can an Google. American actor. We can all Google. Career began in the mid seventies. Great actor. Career name started name in the mid nineteen seventies. Hang on a second. Don't give him anything uh, else. Name a film, Justin, that Jeff Goldblum was in. Uh, he was in. Oh, what film was he in in the mid nineteen seventies? Oh, the name just escapes this is me. This flipping unbelievable. <laughs> I thought you. He's a massive star. Yeah, but you know me. I'm not too bothered about showbiz. You know, you come from that you world. Your tongue is up. World. Showbiz is. No. Backside the whole time. That's your world. It's not my world. Come on, let's get real. I'm all about the people on the street. I don't Flippin care about A-list mate. celebrities who made films in the 1970s. And he, he was in. He's in uh, Jurassic Park. And Independence you know Day. And Independence Day. In Jurassic Park, I thought he was okay, but he wasn't the main star. You don't of the know film. who he is. T Rex was the main star in that film for me. Flipping heck. Great he, performance. He's also in Friends in an episode. Mm. Right. That's anyway, the reason we've got bad. you on. Are we um, taking that to the streets? Do you want to take Jeff Goldblum to the streets? Jeff Goldblum, yep. Can you do that? Uh, <laughs> if you I really bet want there's me not to. that many people who actually know who right. he is. Have you done the other Vox we were going to do? No, I haven't. Forget it. Jeff, okay. Right, we're going to talk about older mums. Forget it. Jeff Goldblum, take it to the streets. Everyone will know who Jeff Goldblum is. He's a huge, huge star. You know me and Lee, and I work in showbiz. And I know all my showbiz friends will be listening to this programme, and they'll know who he is. Say that, but say the man that, on the street won't. Say that again. My name's Ian Lee, and I live in my showbiz world with my showbiz friends, and they'll all know who he is. There's no business like show business like no business I know. Yeah, let's, let's go out for lunch today with my showbiz friends, and let's all sit there going, oh, isn't life great? And then behind your back, they'll be stabbing you. You and your showbiz lifestyle. Makes me sick. Are we done? Can I go and talk to real people now, please? Not people from a world where it's fake. It doesn't mean anything. And a world, quite frankly, where I don't belong. And I don't want to belong in that world. I'm going to go to the streets. Cheers, boss. Call 08459 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
I, I know that you are comfortable enough with this show to have massive gear changes. So we can go from Dealey being a plum to talking about something quite serious. And it judders slightly, but that's the way it goes. We've been talking about um, forced marriages. And uh, we spoke to a woman, Akleema Bibi, um, from Luton, who was telling us how she was forced into marriage at the age of 17 and had to endure some pretty horrible things. Uh, Mohammed's on the line from Milton Keynes. Morning, Mohammed. Morning. What would you like to say? Uh, basically, first of all, I'll say, um, this woman that came up from Luton, now, the second time that she fell for this blow, did she do it out of desperation? Why do you say that? Uh, because that's what I did. It was like desperation and to try and prove everybody wrong. Well, what happened to you, Mohammed? Uh, well, the first time I was 17, when I was Pakistan with my parents, um, they said we're going on holiday, etc. God, I had uncles and aunties there. In the third week, um, I noticed that my passport had gone. And then all of a sudden, the pressure built up on me. Uh, you're going to marry this person, etc. I had no way back home, didn't know what I was doing. Third day, I got married. Um, week after, I was back in this country. As soon as I came back, I ran away. Um, when I came here, I told you, ran away for five years. I got into bad ways, but on depression tablets, etc. Started on drugs. Then my eldest brother brought me back home. After that, we went, um, I met somebody um, in London where I was working, and she was from Pakistan as well. So, got married to this woman, and then, say, about six months into the marriage, all hell broke loose, whereas one of her brothers had come over, moved into our flat, etc. And she was pregnant at the time, and then the next thing I know in the morning, the police had turned up at her door that have actually abused her, have been hurting her, etc. I went through hell, basically. Um, and you hadn't done anything to her? Nothing, nothing whatsoever. Now, uh, when this first incident happened, I went to a solicitor to seek advice. I actually paid for a private investigator. Um, because one of my best friends who was going through a similar situation, he said to me, get a private investigator in. He put recording device in the house. In the second week, four times the police turned up at my house. I was ejected from my own property, but we had um, evidence, audio evidence, that I did not do anything wrong. And what conspired was that this person had only married me for a visa, so they got ejected from this country. Now, I'm married to uh, someone from this country, the happiest person I could be. Can we... Uh, I'm kind of speechless, man. I'm also really naive, because I was completely unaware... I thought that forced marriage, it was parents doing it to their daughters. It never even occurred to me. Oh, believe me, I've got four mates it's happened to, because when you go oh, over fellas. there... You, yeah, blokes, when you go over there, you're a young person, you've got all this family around you, never seen... You get your passport taken off you, and you don't know what to do. This is what happens. You must have been terrified. So I was. I went on crack cocaine for five years, mate. And is that... Do you, do you trace the, your, your drug addiction back to, to, to that forced marriage? Definitely. Because it's like um, you found something, then you lost it, and you trusted people that brought you into this country, i.e. mother and father. Yeah. And you're... you're uh, did you speak to your parents now? Are they still around? Um, I sp- my dad, unfortunately, died five years ago. Don't speak to my mother whatsoever. I've got five beautiful children now. Yeah. And none of my kids, we have to- I've told my children everything what happened, and none of my kids even want to see a member of my family. 
Uh, Mohammed, uh, um, very rarely am I speechless, but your, your call has shut me up. I really appreciate you, uh, you giving us a call this morning. No problem. Well, just to say this woman from Luton, I've really felt for her this morning, and she's a very brave person to come on the radio station. Yeah. Uh, uh, thank you, mate. I would never... I'm so naive. It never even occurred to me that that would be happening to young men being taken out to Pakistan by their parents to, to, to enter into forced marriages. Flipping heck. Thank you, Mohammed. 08459 555. Nice to hear you got your, your life all sorted after all of that. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 anti-clockwise, there are long queues from Junction 27 for the M11 to 24 for Potter's Bar because of a uh, lorry that's broken down there, although we're just hearing that that is just starting to ease off now. On the M1 southbound, it's looking very slow between Junction 12 for Flittick and 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road on the speed sensors. In Luton on London Road, that's been partially blocked by an accident involving two cars near Newlands Road, so it's very slow through there. And in Wickham Marsh on the A40 London Road, that's also partially blocked because of an accident at Cock Lane. That's causing queues from uh, Gordon Road and from Station Road in both directions. On the trains, Virgin and London Midlands services are uh, facing 45-minute delays and some cancellations because of engineering works at Watford Junction and Southern services are suspended between Milton Keynes Central and Clapham Junction. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's half past eight. I'm Liak. New the headlines. No one has been prosecuted over forced marriages, even though it's been made illegal. BBC Three Counties has learned the forced marriage unit has over 1,300 cases, but there's been no charges. A referendum could be held in Bedfordshire over the amount of tax the public pay to fund the police force. The Police and Crime Commissioner wants to increase the amount people pay by nearly 16%. Hertfordshire Police has confirmed it's investigating allegations involving the Baywatch star Jeremy Jackson, who's been thrown out of the Celebrity Big Brother house. It's claimed he tried to open the dressing gown of glamour model Chloe Goodman. And the weather will be windy with light rain or drizzle, dull and wet this afternoon, with top temperatures around 11 degrees Celsius. That's 52 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Watford lost 3-1 to Huddersfield in the Championship, while there were wins for Wickham and Stevenage in League Two. It seems the MK Dons lone striker Benika Phobis played his last game for the club. The Arsenal youngster didn't play for the Dons in Saturday's draw with Crawley. It's being reported he'll join Championship side Wolves. Here's the Dons manager, Carl Robinson. Benick is officially speaking to another Championship club. We were rumoured to hear that he will be sold. We don't know who to. And he's, uh, he's having a medical somewhere and we have to have the respect of Arsenal. Um, he he is maybe moving on to other things and I'd like to thank him. Southampton beat Manchester United in the league for the first time in 27 years following a 1-0 win at Old Trafford. Dusan Tadic scored the only goal of the game. Just Pelle hits the post, back to Tadic who scores! Southampton, just as they did last season here in the Premier League, take the lead at Old Trafford! Scott Mitchell is the BDO World Darts champion. He bid the three times winner Martin Adams 7-6 at the lakeside and says his dad is going to reap the rewards. He hasn't been able to get here actually because he's been feeding my animals at home so I promised him if I could win it I'd go and find him a tractor that starts when you turn the key and you ain't got a jump start and everything so I'll be on the lookout now on the way home. 
And that's BBC Three Counties News and Sport with more at nine o'clock. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. 455 We're talking about monitoring your emails and uh, your communications. We're asking who the hell is Jeff Goldblum. People, none of the people on this team know who he is. Uh, and we've been speaking about forced marriages as well. Kels, you've got some texts and tweets. Matt Wood, not this one, says Independence Day, Kels. Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum, man. He's a legend. Yeah, I know who he is now. And then somebody's put, it's not over till the fat lady sings, Jeff Goldblum. Is that what he says then? Sure, why not? Why not? Why not? On the text, someone says, Ian, you star, 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 star. Oh, thank you. Four stars. Thank you so much. I can't get the little hobo song out of my head. I'm singing it to myself while walking to work. Maybe tomorrow. Is the little hobo, is that similar to the littlest hobo? If we're going to call it, let's call it. That's from Tony. Uh, This is uh, for you guys. My name's Ian Lee, and I live in my showbiz world with my showbiz friends. What's your beef? Uh, Paul's in Bedford. Morning, Paul. Morning. What you got for us, boss? Uh, monitoring of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so if you think about your Sainsbury's, Tesco's cards and how they monitor your activity, if you go and Google data mining, yeah. then if you think the supermarkets do it, what do you think the government does? But what, but for, uh, listen, this is one of the reasons I don't have a, a, a Tesco uh, club card, but, but all they're doing is just that if I did have a Tesco club card, all it would do is show how many toilet rolls and how many carrots I buy. And it shows how often, it shows where, and that's why you get your targeted vouchers. But that doesn't. But uh, but that's just purely statistical information generated uh, by data. a computer. But yes, yeah, so it's data. So all, all uh, an email is 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 data, and so you use data mining to mine those phrases and words that the other Paul was mentioning earlier. But the terrorists aren't going to use bomb blow up trains, are they? They're okay, going to use the, uh, codes. Look at the, uh, Omar bombing. Yeah. How, how did those people get caught? I haven't got a clue, Paul. You tell me. It, it was d- data mining. They they uh, did data mining on the phone calls and linked the people together. Part was part of it. Ah, was well, part of it. But should we all be? Mon- I don't want my emails or my phone calls monitored. Well, are you doing something that dodgy then? I mean, no, I just respect it, it, I just respect civil liberties and, uh, and my sense to to um, a, a right to a privacy. Uh, and then that has consequences for the bad guys and, and the good guys. So that, that's your choice then, and that's the thing about any country in any debate, isn't it, about it? What, what's the thing about any country in any debate? Well, in terms of how far do you allow civil liberties to go and what is the level of monitoring? Well, well, uh, what, uh, but also, if you, if you allow it to happen now, uh, then who, who, it means that you've, you've opened that door and that door can be opened wider and the things they are looking for, uh, th- th- they can cast that net wider. And, and then where do you stop? Do you have someone who comes and opens all of your letters? Do you have someone who puts a, a, a camera and a microphone in your house? If you're doing nothing wrong, then you wouldn't mind a camera or a microphone, would you, Paul? Would I mind? Yes, of course I'd mind. Well, but you're doing nothing I'm wrong. Not, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. Yeah, but, but it, would you be happy if they put a, a, a camera and a microphone in your house? If I wasn't doing anything and it was, it was like, a bit like Brick Brother and it wasn't in my toilet? So, well, if OK. We, if we've got that bad a society. So you would be happy, seriously happy, for the government to install a camera and a microphone in your house? If that was appropriate. I don't know what that means. Well, it, it depends what led to that happening. Do you think they could be bothered to do it in every single house in well, the UK? Do, 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 do you think they can be bothered to monitor everybody's phone calls, texts and emails? Well, 
Exactly. So if there's that much data, that's why people slip through the net, because they have to go and put a risk assessment against it and, and try and decide the level of threat. Uh, and that's the problem with the French ones. They decided there wasn't that sufficient level of threat for them to carry on doing it, and Paul, they got that wrong. I appreciate your call. Thank you. 08459 555 the, the argument is, The argument is valid. If you... Uh, are happy to have your emails and your um, uh, phone calls monitored because you're doing nothing wrong. Well, then, you know, the next step is, is camera, put a camera in your living room, put a camera in your bedroom. Sorry, Kels, am I keeping you up? <laughs> yes. Yay. <laughs> Nearly the end of the show. Has Lockers said sorry yet? Nope. <clears throat> we were so happy to see him as well, weren't we? Julie stood on the desk and started clapping. Yep. I tell you what I hate, right? Is it Matt? Oh, he did stand on the desk. No, I don't hate Matt. I'm just very disappointed, and uh, uh, I, I think he should be ashamed of himself. Sorry? It's been an accident on the motorway. On the motorway. Even I can hear her. <laughs> yeah, she's got a very shrill voice. Oh, okay. I think we've got that one. Yeah. Um, I hate people who get wacky pets. What do you mean? Like a tortoise on wheels? No, that's not wacky. That's genius. Oh, oh man! Get, if you've got a tortoise, oh, uh, super glue it. To no, don't super glue it. Tie it with string to a remote control car. Oh, that's a great idea. That is brilliant. And just drive it around. Let let it know what it's like to live life in the fast lane. Yeah, and, and then put it in the fast lane of the M1. Don't. Tortoises are. Um, actually quite fast have you ever seen one run they're actually quite speedy <laughs> no. no it's true they're quite speedy anyway this woman's got a pig right right but she was told it was a micro pig mm, right. a small one yeah yeah the fellow that sold it to them lied good it's a proper massive look at the size of that it's a porker well, hang on at what point did she realize that it was giant well when it grew oh right I I see. so she bought it small well she had a pig as a pet couple who bought... Welcome to the conversation. Yeah, no worries. I've just taken that important call. <clears throat> Don't be sarky with me, you mate. You haven't done anything with it, though. What? You haven't called travel. Well, I will do in a minute. Oh. Well, or... Well, I'll, or I'll leave this conversation that you're having right now yeah. and, and, and do the other... Yeah, go off to your own world. Sorry, Ian, carry on. I will teach you a little. I'm going to take you to a little place, a little area that I like to call Chinatown. It's not technically a town, it's just a small, it's about two or three streets, but I'm going to take you there. A couple. Is this flirting? I am monitoring your call, your conversation. Well, what did I just say? You don't know. Oh, hello, we've got an accident on the... Flitter <laughs> A couple yes, uh, who... Yes. Lorry and three cars. Just close his mic. Oh, yeah. Still era. Uh. A couple who bought a micro pig mm. were stunned when their pint-sized pet grew into a 50-stone porker. Why would uh. you buy a pig as a pet? Yeah. Steve Jenkins... Is that the pig's name? And Derek Water... OK, Steve De- Jenkins and Derek Walter, I'm confused because it's a picture of a woman, adopted Esther, that's not that's the pig, when she was four right. pounds, thinking she would grow to around five stone. But they were tricked, and Esther, thought to be a commercial pig, is now 670 pounds. And here's the comparison they give, mm. right? And this comparison means nothing to me. Heavier than an adult female polar bear. <laughs> I don't know what that means. The two-year-old beast... Why female polar bear? Anyway. Who is toilet-trained, lives in Steve and Derek's house along with two dogs and a cat and eats more than £30 worth of vegan food a week. Here we go. 
Here we go. This is what it's all about. The huge hog has become an internet sensation with more than 230,000 people following it on Facebook. Isn't it interesting that people put pet- pets on Facebook? I'm trying to listen to Matt's conversation. Uh, yeah, why would you give your pet a Facebook page? Derek and Steve from Ontario, Canada provide daily up... Here we go. We're falling for this, aren't we? Daily updates on the pigs' exploits and sell calendars, postcards and mugs. There we go. We've, we've How many followers has it got? 230,000. We got sucked into Is that. Is that more than you? Yeah, I've got 6,000. I'm ah. less popular than a pig. <laughs> I'm less popular than Sarah Cox's dog. So, um, uh, here's uh, something that we should all be uh, alarmed by. It's been a big weekend as well, you know. Party, party, party. Thank you. Mm. Um, cream eggs are back. Yeah. But they have um, uh, changed. So you don't get six, you don't get half a dozen anymore. You get five if you buy a packet of cream eggs. Who would buy a packet of cream eggs? Mm. You're, at the pe- you're at the petty station and you, you see one, you go, I'll have one. Yeah. Maybe I'll buy one for the, the kids and then you eat that as well. But they've changed the cream egg recipe. The bloody Americans. Chocolate lovers last night blasted Cadbury's US owners for secretly bringing in a new cheap-tasting cream egg. Right, we need to do research on this. Or research. American food giant Kraft has replaced the hugely popular dairy milk shell with a standard cocoa mix. Hmm... The Sun has received floods of complaints. Guys, get a life. Why would they complain to the Sun? I know. About the new version. Ca- Flipping heck. Cadbury's, which sells more than 200 million cream eggs a year. Half of that's to me. Yeah. Admitted it's introduced a new recipe. It's no longer dairy milk, it said. It's similar, but not exactly dairy milk. I don't get it when people complain about stuff like that. It seems so pointless. People should maybe get, I don't know, like a life and stuff. Fans of the sweet treat, which was launched in 1971, are furious at the change. One said online, the chocolate tastes cheap, like chocolate liqueurs. I'm so disappointed. They've been my favourite treat for years. Well, you know what will happen? It happens with all of these things, is they'll get loads of press about this. There's a great one here. That's the final nail in the coffin, added someone online. I love Cadbury's chocolate. Now it tastes like sha ha 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 Is there'll be a big campaign about this. You right? I hate you. Yeah, I know. We nearly both lost our jobs again. Wow. Um, there'll be a big campaign about it. And then um, uh, just before Easter, Cadbury's will launch uh, Cream Eggs Classic. Yeah, they'll do the Cream Eggs Classic thing, and um, everyone will go, "Oh, yeah, brilliant!" And they'll be—it's like whispers. You remember whispers, right? Yeah. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. shout. Why did uh, hey, hey uh, Matt? Yeah. Why did um, George Michael have chocolate all over his mouth? Because he liked chocolate. He was careless with his whisper. So you started off with the, both of you started off with a sarcastic laugh, then it turned into a genuine laugh. I just started off with a panic. He was probably stoned when he was eating it or driving a car. We've got a text. Probably fell out of his car whilst driving it and eating a whisper. That's why he got chocolate on his mouth. Why has George Michael got grazed knees? He fell out of his car on the M1. No laugh to that one then. Matt's got a text. Go on then, Matt. Dad's a trucker. Lockwood out, bring back Pulse Coins. <laughs> Flip it, we're not that Is desperate. Is there a difference? 
One's more dour than the other, but I'm not saying which. Anyway, George Michael to one side. Uh, whispers. <laughs> Troubles there. It's, like I'm, it's like I'm directing a pop video. Yeah, George Michael to one side, Ridgely to the other. Uh, uh, whispers. They were going to get rid of Whispers, and then suddenly a mysterious Facebook campaign started, oh, and they yes. kept Whispers, didn't they? Yeah, they did. It was all done by Whispers. Oh, those whispers. I'm off chocolate at the moment, Good. which is a shame, because I really fancy some chocolate now. Ian. What? Do something, you're on the radio. Oh, flipping it. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 northbound, two lanes are blocked between Junction 13 for Bedford and 14 for Milton Keynes because of an accident, and that's causing it to be queuing there northbound. On the M11 northbound, there's a lane closed between Junction 8 for Bishop Storford and 9 for Saffron Walden because of an accident. And looking at the M40 on the speed sensors towards London, that's looking very busy between Junction 2 for Beaconsfield and 1A for the M25. In Wickham Marsh on the A40 London Road, it's partially blocked at Cock Lane because of an accident, and that's causing queues in both directions from Gordon. Gordon Road and Station Road. In Luton on the London Road, that's partially blocked in both directions because of an accident near Newlands Road. And on the trains, Virgin and London Midlands services have delays of 45 minutes and cancellations because of engineering engineering works at Watford. And that also means that southern services are suspended between Milton Keynes Central and Clapham Junction. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Samantha. Well done for keeping a straight face. Certainly had your hands full during that bulletin. 8.45, it's Monday the 12th of January. <laughs> I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Prime Minister is meeting with intelligence experts this morning to discuss how to monitor terror suspects in future. A referendum could be held in Bedfordshire over the amount people pay in their council tax for the police. And a South African rear that can run at 40 miles per hour is on the loose in Hertfordshire. Let's get the weather. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. A rather mild, wet and windy day across all three counties. This morning we've already seen some outbreaks of rain, but one or two dry spells. The cloud is the persistent thing, but as we head into the afternoon, the rain becomes heavier and more persistent. It's accompanied by quite a gusty southwesterly breeze as well. Maximum temperature likely to get up to around 12 Celsius by the end of the day. Now overnight, the rain continues. It's heavy, it's persistent and it's still breezy as well, but gradually it starts to clear and the wind falls lighter. Behind it, the air is much colder as it pushes that cloud away so the temperature is going to drop very close to dawn tomorrow morning down to around four celsius so a chilly start to tuesday some sunshine around one or two showers possible they could have a bit of a wintry element particularly over the chilterns maximum temperature eight celsius so it is going to feel colder heads up for wednesday there's an early weather warning in place for wind covering all three counties but also for buckinghamshire a rain warning as well the wind likely to become very gusty as we head overnight wednesday into Thursday, and that's your forecast. Every weekday morning. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Local opinions. We think it's absolutely shocking that this young man should continue to have to be punished. He hasn't even shown any remorse or said sorry. Well, firstly, I have to disagree. The JVS Show. Well, we're not living in very optimistic times. But it does seem very clear, doesn't it? They're human beings. Some are good people, some are bad. The JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. 
call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning! Last ten minutes of the show or thereabouts before JVS. Tim's in Brummer. Morning, Tim. Good morning. What have you got for us, Tim? This uh, monitoring emails and, and phone calls and stuff yes, like that. Yes, Boris Johnson said at the weekend he's not bothered about all of this civil liberty stuff and he wants to monitor their emails and phone messages, even if it's communications with solicitors. Do you know what, though? It's already happening. You already get it, because let's take, for instance, you've got your personal email account at home. Yep. Yep. Um, and you've got an inbox and you've got something that says probably favourites or um, promotional stuff. Yeah. All that's doing at the moment, that's just scanning your emails for specific words, like sale and stuff like that. What? So it doesn't monitor what's actually in the email per se. It's not reading a whole conversation. Oh, yeah, this it's is how we get those um, those uh, little little ads at the top, little banner ads exactly. at the top of our emails, yes. Exactly. So you can do that already without actually infringing on anyone's privacy, but you can already check their individual words. So it'll fire up an alert, say, if it finds a word like bomb or whatever. And, and on voice recognition already, anybody who's got an Xbox Connect, oh, yeah. that already happens. If your Xbox is switched on and you're sat in your living room, yeah. you can have a normal conversation and the Xbox can hear you, yeah. but it doesn't do anything until it hears the word Xbox. And as soon as it hears the word Xbox, it switches itself on to, do, to be ready but, to receive something. But to intelligently interpret all of that data from everybody in the country, yeah. we haven't got the resources to do that. Well, you've already got it. Everybody's emails already monitored. It's already happening. So what's the problem? I don't understand what the problem is. Um, I need ten minutes to think about this, and I haven't got ten minutes, Tim. But thank you. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much indeed. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. One of the uh, uh, unfunniest shows of all time. Vicar of Dibley. This one. Oh. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Well, you, yes, you could argue that. Vicar of Dibley. Oh, it's all right. No, it's not, mate. It's rubbish. I mean, it's not the best, but it's not the worst thing. It's one of the worst things on television. I'm not asking you. The Vicar of Dibley, right? It's returning. Is it? As the Bishop of Dibley. Why? Oh, flipping egg. Red Nose Day. The thing with Red Nose Day and Comic Relief is we all, uh, the, the country is expected to lower its idea of what is funny. And we, we will watch any old tosh. Because it's, it's got someone famous in a situation you wouldn't normally see them in. For example, David Beckham and Only Fools and Horses. Huh. Dawn French's much-loved Vicar of Dibley, loved by whom, is returning to television as a bishop. There will be an episode of her sitcom in March for Comic Relief's Red Nose Day. A source said... Um, oh, echoing the historic decision on female bishops, French's character Geraldine Granger becomes the Bishop of Dibley. A source said Geraldine assumes she's a shoo-in. Here, now, spell shoo-in, as in I'm, I'm a shoo-in for that job. S-H-O-I-N-G. No. S H O E hyphen I N G. No, because it's S- no, it's shoe in. Oh, just so S H O E space I N. Yeah, I would have thought oh. that because I thought it was like a foot in the door. So you're a shoe in. Shoe it, yeah. It's not, it's S H O hyphen I N. Shoe in. Shoe in. 
shoe in. Oh, that's quite nice. Matt, shoe in. Shoe in? I'm a shoe in. Flipping it, Justin. It's like Schwin. Schwin. I would never have spelt it like that. Or Schwin. Yes. Justin. Yeah. Jeff Goldblum. He's in the papers. He's 62. Mm, happy his, birthday, Jeff. A 32-year-old girlfriend is... Um, it's not his birthday. His 32-year-old girlfriend... Well, it is if he's got a 32-year-old girlfriend. <laughs> Every day is his <laughs> birthday. Day birthday. Uh, well yeah, done. At last. Show. Right near the end of the show, Kelly says something funny. <laughs> um, she's having a baby. Right. Right. Now, I've got to talk about old dads and all of that, but none of you, none of you, lockers, bets, deals, none of mm. you know who Jeff Goldblum is. He's no. one of the biggest stars in Hollywood. You're wrong. I do know who he is, and now, my, my mum always does this, and I'm always having a go at her. So, mum, can I just apologise to you? Because now I'm in your shoes. Uh, because, uh, yeah, uh, often there are people out there, names, which you don't quite recognise, but as soon as you see a photograph of them, yeah, I now know who he is. He was in The Fly, he was in Jurassic Park, he was in Independence Day, but the name itself... No, straight away, didn't know who he was. Got to be honest. Unbelievable. Yeah. You've taken it to the streets. Well, you said earlier on that every single person would know who he was, and if they didn't know who he was, yeah. they were a plum, correct? Uh, absolutely correct. Yeah, OK. So, to make it easier, yeah. I actually went out with a picture oh, of Jeff. Beautiful. Okay? To make it even then, yeah. easier for you. Fantastic. I don't think you're going to be happy with the results. Oh. Here's what happened. We've got a clue. Not a clue. Ian Lee says that everyone will know who that is. Yeah, not me. What's your name, sir? Uh, Raj. Raj, what's your flavour? Tell me what's your flavour. Uh, no such flavour. <laughs> OK. Um, that person is a Hollywood film star. Yes, yes. Name him. Uh, I don't know his name. I've seen him in movies, but I don't know his name. What movies? Uh, I can't recall, actually. Thanks for your time. Thank you. You sure you haven't got a flavour? No. Okay. Let's get the Chinese perspective. Uh, this man apparently is an international Hollywood star. Can you name that man? Um, I don't know. Sorry. Sorry, sorry. Take care. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Who's that, mate? Jeff Goldblum. Ah, we found somebody at last. Hey! Is he an absolute legend? Uh, maybe. Sorry to interrupt your phone call there, madam. Who's that? Name that man. I ain't got a clue. Sir, there is a picture of a Hollywood film star, which Ian Lee says every single person will know. Name him. I, I can't name him. I know him. Um, I can't. I know him. I know him. I know, I know the films he's been in. Name the films. I can't. I, I thought you said you could. I, I can't. I know him. Let's get the Polish perspective. Who's that, sir? I have no idea, honestly. Ian Lee says that you're a plum if you don't know who that is. No. No, honestly. Okay. Thank you. It's a great Polish perspective. Jeff Goldblum famously um, illegal in Poland. <laughs> so that was an unfair little thing there. <laughs> you lot really do. Your popular oh, cultural you, knowledge. You lot now, you're describing the audience. Yeah. This is a new ball game. <laughs> <laughs> new balls, please. <laughs> Dibley, the Vicar of Dibley, not funny, is it? Um, not for me personally, but, um, you know, a lot of people I know do <laughs> find second. it very funny. Right, when we're talking about uh, politics or, or all kinds of big things, you <laughs> will totally come out and give your opinion and not sit on the <laughs> fence. Why are you pandering to the BBC, uh, ah. no, uh, no uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of here? No opinion policy on the Vicar of all Blooming right, Dibley. All right, it's not for me. It's, it's not a programme for me. Say Only Fools the- Horses was top dollar. The Vicar of Dibley, no. Not for me. Say there the, you go. Say the Vicar of Dibley is rubbish.
rubbish. The vicar of Dibley is rubbish, although it does have, I believe, local connections. I believe it was filmed somewhere in Bucks. Mind you, everything's filmed in Bucks, isn't it? Midsummer murders, everyone's murdered in Bucks. Thank you. Well, on that bombshell, thank you, Justin. Do you think the jokes at the end are funny? I don't get why they do that. Why do they do that? Why do they go... Right, we've done a sitcom. It wasn't very funny, so we're going to give you an old pub gag at the end. That's why. I mean, just flipping it. We should start doing it at the end of this show so people stay tuned for longer. Anita Harris is bankrupt. Who? I know. I knew you wouldn't know. For someone of my age, that's heartbreaking. Anita Harris. What did she do then? She was like an actress, singer, entertainer. What films was she in? A couple of carry-on movies. Was she in EastEnders? No, mate, that's Barbara Windsor. <laughs> who was the one who said, uh, this, my dear, is a letter for a divorce? Angie. Yeah. Oh, Angie. All right, that wasn't her. No? That wasn't her real name oh, either. All right, OK. Right. You know You're thinking of Anita Harris. Oh, Anita Harris. Anita Dobson. Uh, Anita Dobson. Married to? Dead, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Brian May. Oh. Really? Anita Dobson's married to Brian May. How could you not know that? They go to the same hairdressers, don't Flipping they? Flipping heck! You lot are ridiculous. It's like working with um, 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 uh, my nan. No, my nan would know all this. Yeah, but she's older. Unfortunately, she's no longer with us. See you, Kimmy. Kim Jong-un. Um, one of my favourite um, dictators, and uh, one of my favourite—not one of my favourite Kims, unfortunately—but one of my favourite dictators. He used to open a restaurant in Scotland. What's it going to be called? Um, let's see if they've come up with any funny, slightly racist names. No, Tubby Tyrant Kim Jong Un could be opening a restaurant in Scotland. North Korea's supreme leader, who already has a diner in Amsterdam, is considering setting up another in the UK. His government has a chain of Pyongyang restaurants named after their capital city. Now experts reckon Kim could settle on Scotland as his next location, partly driven by his love of whiskey. An outlet in Scotland could serve up North Korean delicacies, which include pine nut gruel and dog meat soup. I would eat a dog. Would you? Yeah. What, any? Uh, Why are we so funny? We're running out of time now. Why are we so funny and precious about certain types of meat that we we put in our mouth? Listen, if it's got face, I will put it in my mouth. Would you cook it first? If um, if I needed to, well, yeah, of course I cook it. We, we eat we eat cows, we eat sheep, we eat rabbits, we eat ducks. What's wrong with a bit of dog? Would you eat a human? Would you eat Matt? Let's end the show on that. Thank you. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 northbound, two lanes are blocked at between Junction 13 for Bedford and Junction 14 for Milton Keynes, with queues reaching back from Junction 12 for Flittick now because of an accident. On the M11 northbound, there's a lane closed between Junction 8 for Bishop Stortford and 9 for Saffron Walden because of an accident, and that's also making it quite slow around Bishop Stortford now as well. In Wickham Marsh on the A40 London Road, that's partially blocked because of an accident in both directions, uh, affecting both directions from Cock Lane, so queues are to Gordon Road and to Station Road. And looking at the trains, there are uh, 45-minute delays and cancellations to all services through Watford Junction because of emergency engineering works. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. And delivered every time with a straight face, Samantha. Well done. That, that shows real maturity.
That's it, that's your lot. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, uh, Justin. Thank you, Matt. Back tomorrow at six. I think Catherine's back tomorrow. Till then, from us, ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Monday, it's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, do you think it's fair to ask British Muslims to do more to tackle extremism? Britain's own...